morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Jason, yes, I swear to God, I am still a part of Muddied Waters Media. Lion, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. What's going on, buddy? Uh, Dude, you know, just life coming at you so quickly that, uh, you know, you plink and then four months has gone past and you haven't done anything, so. I get it. (laughs) it happens it happens to the best of us but uh you know it's good to be good to be back here and and chatting it up with you and i'm excited for to cover the election with everyone right the Um, the the electageddon electageddon featuring jason lyon and matt right um now, to everybody out there watching, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Twitch, I don't care where you're watching, share it. Also, hit the like button, hit the share button, share this with all of your friends, all of your family, uh, share it with your enemies, uh, spam it in groups of people you dislike immensely. I don't care. Just, you know, share it with everybody out there. Um, <laughs> lots of people saying, <laughs> lots of people saying uh, that they wasted their vote today. And to all of you, we say... Good. Thank you. Um, uh, This show, as always, is brought to you by personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Uh, Remember, if you are in Florida and you happen to be personally injured by anyone, look for this face. This face will protect you. Well, he won't protect you, but he will get you money. Uh, it is also brought to you by the Libertarian Dad Bod Calendar, featuring some of the sexiest men in the Libertarian Party. No, wait, sorry. Some of the least sexiest men in the Libertarian Party, uh, because Jason and I are not in it. Uh, <laughs> it is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing food-based caucus in any party ever, I think. Not yes. sure. I don't actually have stats on that. Uh, and as always, this is brought to you by the Jorgensen Cohen campaign. Jorgensen Cohen 2020, reminding you that you are the power. And they should also have the hash there, the tagline of waste your vote on us. Right. Waste I, your vote like, on us. And brought to you by Black Coffee, Black Organic Coffee. That is B L V C K, Black Organic Coffee, because nothing in this world matters anymore. And if you go to blackbrews.com, B L V C K brews.com, and use checkout code MW, you get free shipping from Black Organic Coffee. It's fantastic. If you have not tried it, it is some of the best coffee, uh, best cold brew coffee out there on the market. Um, just absolutely amazing and as always i would like to thank siesta cava for the cava that i am drinking on today's episode a nice fijian blend and i would like to thank uh buffalo trace for giving me Mm. this uh very dirty water i don't know what they put in it to make it so dirty but it is delicious to all above i say bulavanaka bulavanaka Uh, it's refreshing it is it's delicious well i remember i have fond memories of the buffalo trace um now already polls have closed across the eastern the, seaboard. E- the eastern seaboard and other places and uh some places have already been called um 
that has changed since the last time I looked. West Virginia has yep. gone for Trump. Kentucky's gone for Trump. Tennessee's gone for Trump. Uh, Alabama's gone for Trump. Mississippi's gone for Trump. None of these shocking, by the way. Nope. Not a single one. Um, Missouri has gone for Trump. And apparently Oklahoma, which that one has changed since the last time I looked, all of those have gone for Trump. Yep. Um, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida um, are all leaning Trump, according to this site, and yep. Indiana as well. Now, not surprisingly, states that have gone for Biden are Maine, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Delaware, Washington, D.C., Maryland, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Vermont, and Illinois, and Virginia, with Ohio. Rhode Island. Yep. Did I? Oh, I thought I, did. thought I got that one. Uh, Ohio and New Hampshire are leaning Biden, and it says that Texas is as well, but I just I don't believe that yet. I know it's going to happen at some point in the future that it that it's going to turn blue and the Electoral College won't matter anymore. But yep. I don't think it's this election. Yeah, no, Texas has been one of those interesting states. I mean, like you said, it's been it's been teetering when it's going to tip over is it the 2020 election is it the 2024 who knows but you know with uh looking at dallas looking at austin uh their population has been booming with people from from the west coast and so is this the year i i i think it may be i'm 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 we're gonna have to have a differing opinion on this maybe this is the year that texas goes blue do we have to have a differing opinion because let's go to predictions that jason and i made no, it's red. <laughs> <laughs> so here we have my map. Um, and I spent a lot of time on this map. And to all of you libertarians out there, I am sorry. We like to pass ourselves off as a news show. So I, you're not Spike. Um, I know I forgot to do something. Um, not Spike at all. Yeah, not Spike at all. That's, that, that's Jason right there. <laughs> J- Jason, he's right there. Jason right there. Um, my bad, man. Um, but I know a lot of people are going to be upset that I didn't put that Joe Jorgensen would win anything. But that is because... We go for intellectually honest. Yes. Um... Um, so I have it where Trump goes 305 to 233. Uh, I have him winning Pennsylvania, Michigan, Minnesota, which that was a mistake. That was supposed to be Wisconsin and Minnesota was supposed to go blue. Um, I was doing it really quick last night while I was trying to get all of this. And then I have him winning Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. Um, to all the wasted voters, thank you so much. And Jason... I've got him at a 288. Yeah, and, you have him winning 288 to 248. And this is really predicated on Pennsylvania. And and since sending this map in, I, I did my homework a little bit earlier than last night. Sending this map over, I think it was yesterday afternoon. Um, <laughs> Arizona is one concern for me. I mean, uh, McSally over there, if she doesn't win her election. And it looks like the polling, based on the polling, she's she's in hot water. It's it's um, it's close. It's it's going to be a challenge there. And then the other one is in North Carolina. I've got Trump winning that one, but uh, Cal Cunningham in North Carolina. He recently had so he's been up as far as I've seen some polling as as high as thirteen percent. Um, 
And with having a big lead like that, he had a controversy finally come out about him, uh, a, a sexual scandal. He was texting. He was getting those late night texts. Uh, one of his one of his uh, people in the campaign. Um, it wasn't enough really to divert him and to pull him away. So if it goes towards Cal, you can kind of you can kind of assume that a lot of people are one party for another. Right. Um, and so with him being the Democrat, you know, there is potential that that even North Carolina goes purple and uh that that really between those three states it's going to be in my opinion the deciding factor for if trump is is a second term and and able to fulfill this promise of ending the national debt in his first two terms or you know we're stuck with biden ramping up even more national the same way that trump is the trump yeah trump's promise of ending the national debt in eight years uh before even before COVID, he was yes. on pace to break spending by $900 billion or something. I, I don't remember the number off the top of my head. Yep. Um, he was on pace to break it by like $900 billion. That is not a way to get rid of the national debt. I'm sorry. It's just that's not going to work. Instead, you have to cut spending instead of increasing it. That is what I learned in one of my classes in high school where they're like, if you want to save money, this is what you have to do. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, if we go back to his business practices, I mean, his business practice was always spend a little bit more money, spend a little more. And, right. and eventually you'll, you'll be able to get that back in, in revenue. And certainly he thought the, the tax cuts and jobs act was going to be able to bring in the, the increased revenue. And it did increase a little bit of the revenue, but when you add in inflation, you still lost more money. So you just have more expenditures and you have, a loss in both categories. So um, it's clear that this plan isn't working as we come into the end of the year. Um, thankfully, Congress hasn't passed the next stimulus package, but we're looking to be about $28 trillion at the uh, December 31st. So uh, thank you, Trump, for uh, for ending this national debt for us. We are, Our great-great-great-great-grandchildren are thankful to not have to pay this off. Now, a couple of the battleground states to watch. Um these are going to shockingly, shockingly be Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Florida. Again. And yep. as a Floridian, can we please get our crap together here? Like, can we pick what side? Like, ever since 2000, we have been the butt of every joke, although possibly potentially Pennsylvania is going to become the butt of the joke from here on out. Now you guys can't even get in the same time zone. Like let's, let's, let's keep Florida. <laughs> we do cover. Yeah, we do cover a couple of them. Um, our polls are closed except in the pan. Actually the panhandle just closed. So we still got a little bit of time. Um, now in most polls for Florida, it's leaning Democrat, but Florida is traditionally being the battleground state uh, with many of those contests being nail biters for the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, the last Democrat governor elected by the state was Lawton Childs back in 1990, mm. meaning that the 21st century, these, uh, this, for the entirety of the 21st century, the state has been headed by the GOP. And the only time that they voted blue were when Charlie Crist was in office, who you may say, wait, Charlie Crist is a Democrat, but he wasn't at the time. He was a Republican. Hmm. Um, 
Charlie Chris switched over to the Democrats after a failed bid as in, as an independent for Senate when he lost the uh, GOP primary to Marco Rubio, little Marco Rubio, uh, for the Republican nomination. And then Florida went for Trump by in 2016 by a full percentage plus change, like 1.2. Yeah. yeah. So, something like that. Now, Michigan went for Trump in 2016 by 0.3, surprising many, including... Hillary Clinton, who... She didn't even actually go into Michigan at all. That, no, because she thought it was time. a lock. Yeah. She absolutely thought it was... She absolutely thought it was a, a lock, so she didn't even go... She didn't feel that she needed to go there. It's like, why would she go to California? Yeah. There's no... no yeah. But I think she did go to California. I think that was a stupid thing. I think she went there, like, once or twice. Um, And I was just like, what the hell are you doing? Like... I, and I think that, you know, flashback to all the way back to 2016, I think that that was one of the things that Bill Clinton was even talking to her about was like, uh, at least the rumors had it that she was like, he was like, you know, I was president of the United States. Like, you're running to be president. Maybe you should listen to, like, how I would campaign if I were running to be president of right. the United States again. She's like, no, 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 I got this. Let me go to California real quick. So, right. I'm going to I'm going to do this anyway, because I don't care what you say, Bill. You, know, or you do whatever you want, honey. You do whatever yep. you want, honey. I'm going to be hanging out over here with these interns. Um, take these flights over to the island. <laughs> my buddy Jeff Epstein, he's going to give me a flight. <laughs> um, uh, Wisconsin was another nail-biter with Trump eking out a win by 0.7 of the popular vote, which not many people saw that coming. Um, but the linchpin of this entire election... The linchpin of this entire election is Pennsylvania. Uh, Nate Silver over at 538 has Biden at an 89% chance to win the election. But if Trump takes Pennsylvania, Biden's chances drop to 38%. It's going to be interesting because uh, just the way that Pennsylvania um, is structured. And, and we've been looking at like the election laws and how everything's been going. And they are one of the ones that um, I might be jumping ahead, but they are actually able to mail in their ballots today. Like how yeah. stupid, uh, how ridiculous is it that, you know, you can mail in your ballot on the day of instead of just going down and dropping it off and taking care of business that way. So um, we're not even going to have a clear winner potentially tonight. That's true. Um now, the polls in Pennsylvania have been shifting over the last week or so, uh, mainly since the last debate. Uh, it looked as though Biden was running away with it. And then in the last debate, he said he would end the fossil fuel industry, which that crushes the entire western Pennsylvania section corridor. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it crushes that entire area. So a lot of those people are now switching to vote for Trump. And that is where the big difference is going to be. Now, if you look at, I don't know how to pronounce this correctly, but Trafalgar, I believe is how you say it. Trafalgar yeah. uh, polling. Yep. They predicted the most accurately the 2016 election and the uh, 2018 midterms. Yes. He has, and he tweeted today, um, I wish I had time to make it into a graphic, but he tweeted today, um, we have Trump winning Pennsylvania by two percentage points. And he said, edit, this is only if all votes counted 
have proper uh, proper postage and verified signatures. Wow. Right. So. I, I'm interested to see like how their how what their requirements are over in Pennsylvania based on that. Right. Um, I, I know. I don't really know what the requirements to vote in Pen- or to for mail-in votes are for Pennsylvania for them to be accepted. Yeah. But I have a feeling that the courts are going to be de- deciding that very quickly. Yes. Yes. There's going to be a lot of challenges. And I mean, we've already seen some challenges across the nation when it comes to these mail-in ballots. I mean, uh, because of COVID and there's been a big push to have more mail-in ballots across the nation. Um, states, I mean, here in South Carolina, there was a challenge of saying that having a witness signature, merely getting somebody to sign your your mail-in ballot and saying, you know, I witnessed them put this in there. And it, this is, you know, Bob Dole. Um, Bob Dole put his ballot in here. And, and, and so I'm signing for this. Um, that this was um, basically impeding the ability for people to vote. This was uh, challenging their ability to to vote. And so therefore um, you were ostracizing people. And so there was an actual challenge down here. And thankfully it was upheld that, you know, we need to have witnesses, uh, witness signatures. And, and there's some states that even require two. Um, and so these have come up to the Supreme Court even. Um, those challenges. And, and if it goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, of course, it should be struck down as a, as a Tenth Amendment issue. But um, we're seeing where different states are having different opinions. So it's going to be interesting to see the way that this plays out. But I think that I, I just don't understand the idea that that timeline thing still really bothers me. The idea that you can mail in your ballot and it can be counted two to three days later. Right. Like and according to um, so Right now, uh, right now, Pennsylvania is expected to have only some of the votes counted by end of night tonight. Um, and for everybody that was asking, I don't know how long we are going to be doing this. Uh, there's a lot of factors that kind of come into play, but not really sure how long we're going to be able to keep this one up uh, just because we have so many different variables. We already know that certain states aren't going to be decided tonight, like Pennsylvania. So we need to figure out how we, once we get to a point where we're like, where we think that nothing else is going to come from it, that's pretty much when we're going to call it. Um, But with Pennsylvania, and this has to be absolutely terrifying for Trump, who has been going around all uh, ever since the mail-in ballots started becoming more prevalent because of COVID. Um, and he was talking about mass voter fraud, mass voter fraud, this mail-in ballots, mass voter fraud. It's the largest mass voter fraud in American history. Um, with them only having, uh, they're expected to only have uh, only some of the votes counted by the end of the election night. Uh, because November 6th, as Jason said, is is the deadline for most mail ballots to arrive. And they weren't allowed to start counting the mail-in ballots until 7 a.m. this morning. So yep. as they were coming in, they had to just store them as opposed to being able to count them in order to get them out of the way. Yep. Um, Michigan. In- Sorry, go ahead. 
So along with that, I mean, this is this has been always the challenge is that, you know, as, as we were talking about with the mail-in ballots, um, there's some states that allowed for the day before to where you could open up that first envelope with a witness on it, and then you could just start tallying afterwards. Uh, Pennsylvania, I know, is one of those states where it's like, no, 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 you have to, you have to verify it on the day of. So 7 a.m. this morning, they were able to finally open up those, stack those over, pass that off to somebody else. That person then, you know, to keep the uh, keep each one of these votes anonymous, be able to to push through and have those be done. It's 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 a shame the way that this process goes. Just and of course, trying to keep things anonymous, it's it's a struggle there to keep people right. anonymous while also keeping the integrity of the election going. Um, but it's. Uh, this is this is all a part of of a thing where um, it, depending on which media source you you follow the most, um, we've seen where they've been kind of grooming us to get ready for the idea that on the election night itself, what we're going to see is we're going to see a Trump victory. We're going to see where most people coming out to vote. It's going to be Trump. I mean, if you look at your timeline, if you've got a if you've got Democrats and Republicans on your timeline you'll see that Democrats are mostly going towards the idea of go mail in your ballots. Don't come out there. Right. COVID is scary. Um, but if you look at your Republican side of things, um, they're saying, you know, don't, don't worry about COVID. There's nothing to fear. Don't masks are tyranny. And so just get out there and just vote on the day of. And so you really do have these two rivaling rivalry, rivaling, rivaling, uh, between the two political ideologies in which, you know, the people that are coming out today may be more inclined to vote for Trump to where we're going to see that as the results. But the states like Pennsylvania, where you have the uh, the mail-in ballots coming in after the fact, or even if they have, they become overloaded and they can't even count all their mail-in ballots if they're just uh, just being accepted for today, where we could see a Trump victory today, but later on as the final votes be counted, you know, three days from now, we could see a Biden victory. So, you know, don't don't uh, we've been groomed to almost understand that. Don't accept the results of today. Wait until the results flip to, to really accept them. Uh, Daniel M over on YouTube. Thank you very much for the four dollars and 20 cents blaze up. Um, he asked you watching prediction markets, e.g. poly market. No. No, I'm not. Uh, no no no, i'm not Um, sorry bro now michigan wisconsin minnesota they're expected to have most of the ballots uh counted tonight although it is not clear whether or not they will have finished or if it will be enough for them to call the states yeah um florida should have enough counted by the end of the night to call the race here uh so You already saw our predictions. You saw what we are kind of thinking is going to happen. So, (laughs) Brett Robertson said to uh, Topher, who was uh, very, he thought that my Trump impression was pretty spot on. That it was good. It was it was excellent. Yeah, he's going to comment on it. He said you should hear his Ross Perot, and you know, can I finish? Can I finish? (laughs) Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I I finish? You got two pork. You, you, you're about knee high to a porcupine. Um, so um, <laughs> there you go, Topher. So you can, so you can hear that. Um, now a couple of Senate races to watch because a lot of people are wondering whether or not the Senate is going to be flipping. Uh, Alabama, which people are most people 
are probably thinking, why does this race matter? And it's because a Democrat, Doug Jones, is resting as senator in Alabama right now after he defeated the kitty fiddler uh, back in a special election in 2017. Yep. Yep. Super who, is who is he running against? Uh, Roy Moore. Roy Moore. That's Judge right. Roy Moore. Mm. Judge Roy Moore, the kitty fiddler. Um, so... Doug Jones is facing off against a former football coach for Ole Miss and Auburn in Alabama. I don't think we need to say who's going to win this election, but it is going to give the GOP an extra seat in the Senate. Um, <laughs> yep. Now, Arizona, as you said earlier, Martha McSally, uh, she is trying to defeat an Defend her seat from a former astronaut, Mark Kelly. I did not know he was a former astronaut. And as somebody who lives in Florida, uh, we worship astronauts. Yes. We you guys have to. Yeah. They're national heroes. Um, but <laughs> I haven't even looked into Mark Kelly's policies. Um, but it's good enough. He, he, he literally was ready to go to the moon if he hadn't already. So it's good enough. Right. He's able to tackle the moon. He's able to tackle earth. Let's, right. let's just get him into something. So, uh, that's going to be a really tough race for McSally. And as you said, the polls are not in her favor right now. Not at all. Uh, in... so... go ahead. No, no, it's fine. Go ahead. Uh, in Maine, Susan Collins, who she has held a GOP uh, seat in a very left state. Mm -hmm. And she has held it for a while now. She's voted against Trump in some major issues, but one of the things that people in Maine hit her on was the Kavanaugh vote. Yep. That was a big one. She thought that she might be able to get it back by not voting for um, Amy Comey Barrett. However, I am not sure if it was enough. No. And, and really, I think what this is, is um, whether she she's voting true to her principles or not, or if she's playing politics, I've, I've seen in other races around the country. I mean, right now in the uh, first district race of South Carolina um, for the House, you've got uh, the incumbent is uh, Joe Cunningham, and he's racing against one of our, our state representatives. Uh, Nancy Mace. Now, Joe Cunningham is a Democrat in what had been historically a red seat. Um, and so as he came in, he was able to play that moderate card very well. And so he voted against the party a couple times and he kind of did the, the, the exact opposite of what um, of what she's doing up there in Maine. And so as a result of that, people have built a little bit of trust around him. Um, but it does, whenever you have one of those big controversies come up, you, you do have that opportunity where people go, well, why would I go for a moderate when I can just get the whole pie itself? And, and I think that that's what we're going to see up there in Maine and, and we're going to, we're going to see her go out. Um, I, I, I genuinely think that, um, we'll see Maine flip. I do too. I, I absolutely do. I think Susan Collins is going to be out and that, I, and she's running against Sarah Gideon, who's basically all she's been doing is running on an anti-Trump platform, which is probably enough because she is more anti-Trump than Susan Collins. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't take much to, to appease um, our friends on the left side of the aisle. I mean, you, you don't really have to be, 
as much as so i do as as a born as ideal or ideal idolatry is wow i can't speak tonight maybe this buffalo trace is better than i thought it was um as 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 a born as idolatry is uh some people are able to get encapsulated with the idea of just being uh, of almost that derangement of just being so anti against somebody that they just jump on board with stuff and and i think that that may be the ticket the golden ticket for some races and i think maine is 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 prime grounds for that right um in Colorado, John Hickenlooper, which many of you may remember as the guy at the end at the Democratic debates, he was the guy at the very end. Um, you may have heard him talk for like three or four minutes. Um, they were a decent three to four minutes. They were. Yeah, they were decent. Three which is minutes. why they were just like, we can't have you talk anymore. I'm right. Sorry. You're, you're done. Um, he is running against the GOP incumbent, Corey Gardner, who won in 2014. Hickenlooper has a slight lead there in the polls, so that one's going to be a that one's going to be close one to watch. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, super fan Sarah Anderegg, I love you very much, but I have to have my notifications on because I'm expecting phone calls. So please don't text me for the next few hours. I love you. Um, <laughs> now everybody is gonna. Everybody's yep. going to start texting. Um, in South Carolina, Lindsey Graham. He is in the fight of his life. I'm not sure if he still is. I haven't actually looked. Uh, this one is a fun race. So, I mean, being from South Carolina, please let me take it. Let me let me take this one. So what you have in South Carolina, what makes this race so interesting is that Lindsey Graham um, historically plays four years as whatever Lindsey Graham wants to do. And for the last two years plays as a good Republican, right? Kavanaugh was really, was that pinpoint when Lindsey Graham turned on the conservatism and people jumped back onto the, to the Lindsey Ga- Lindsey Graham train. Um, but he's got an opponent this year. That is Jamie Harrison. And what Jamie Harrison has been able to do is he has been able to out, um, he's been able to receive in more donations than, than Lindsey Graham has. Um, and, and by far, um, he's pulling in money, not just in, within the state, but a lot of this money is coming from outside. And so this has been, been a big issue. It's been a big conflict. I know I've received mailers from, uh, from Pennsylvania. I've received mailers from North Carolina. I've received mailers from, you know, just all over the country for, um, for Jamie Harrison or against Lindsey Graham. Um, and there was what makes it really interesting and something that you don't commonly see was that there was a third party race in this as well for the cons. Yes. For the constitution party, there's a guy named Bill Bledsoe and Bill Bledsoe was running as a pro second amendment, something that, that Lindsey Graham really isn't though. Lindsey Graham has gotten an A plus rating from the NRA. Um, Lindsey Graham was, was a Senator pushing uh, red flag laws. Um, well, so was, was the NRA. So yeah, exactly. Negotiating our rights away. Right. So, um, you know, so Lindsey Graham with his poor stance on, on guns, uh, Lindsey Graham on his poor stance on, on, uh, pro-life his his poor stance on even immigration in, in accordance with the conservative values. So, uh, Bill Bledsoe was all of those things. He was the pro-life candidate. He was the pro to a, any gun law is an infringement. They had a quote on that. Um, and he was, he was, you know, strong on immigration, same as Trump. And so they wrote ads, and, and basically we're saying that 
Bill Bledsoe was too conservative for South Carolina after Bill Bledsoe had already thrown his hat in and endorsed Lindsey Graham. So they were actively advocating for Bill Bledsoe by saying he was too conservative for South Carolina and comparing him to, uh, to Lindsey Graham. So they had enough money to where they can really play politics from both sides. And so Jamie Harrison has actually in many polls has been neck and neck with Lindsey Graham. And so the question is, is Lindsey Graham going to be unseated this year or is he going to maintain control? Right. And it's, and he has not had any support from Trump. No, none whatsoever. Like even he's been a perfect lapdog. I was going to say he started out as a never Trumper and has transitioned to being the perfect Trump lapdog where he just pets him and he coos his Lindsey Graham way. And Trump has not given him anything. So even if he does win, does this make him question his alliances or his allegiances to anybody? Because I know that I would definitely question. Yeah. I would I mean, definitely so, question. So the beautiful thing, of course, is that, you know, it, Lindsey Graham wins again. He's got six years. Trump, at most, has four, right? So even at the end of it, it's just like whatever, whatever happens. Um, and, and conservatives, of course, have been late to, late to come out and talk about why you should vote for Lindsey Graham. And rarely is it ever because it's Lindsey Graham. It's always like, well, uh, Lindsey Graham is, uh, you know, he, he's head of the judiciary right now. He'll be the head of the judiciary, not for the next two years, but for the four years following that. So you got to get him in there. Um, if you, if, uh, you know, we have to keep the Republican control of the Senate, otherwise Bernie Sanders becomes the, um, uh, the head of the budget committee. So it's just like, yeah, well, I mean, that, that is quite terrible. So maybe we do need Republicans to have control, but it's just like, we've had Republicans control of it and then this is where we're at for the budget. So it's just like, you need to come up with better arguments there. But so they've been slow to come out with like good coherent arguments as to why people need to vote for, for Lindsey Graham. So I just being honest here with everybody, I voted for Bill Bledsoe knowing that he dropped out just to, <laughs> just to, just to spike it in the face of, of everybody that it's like, no, I, I'm, I'm pro two a I'm absolutely pro two a what's up. <laughs> no. Um, and Arkansas, you have the incumbent, Tom Cotton, who is running against our friend, Ricky Dale Harrington, uh, the libertarian who is a prison pastor in a two-way race. Yes. Democrats didn't want none of that. No, they did not want any of that. Um, at one point, Harrington was polling in the 30s with a large number of undecided. So it'll be fun to see how that race turns out. Now, the question that I have for you, Mr. Lyon, does the Senate flip? That's been the challenge. Um, does the Senate flip? I, oh. So I've been... I saw the question coming. I knew the question. I don't know if you want to be considered Donna Brazil, but you fed me this question beforehand and I still don't have a good answer. For it. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say I, it's in, it, it's in the notes. So <laughs> I can't, I can't exactly. really see he's at least admitting to be Donna Brazil, but right. um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting at a 51. I'm sitting at a 51 to a 50. And I'm not sure which side has that 51. I'm leaning towards just looking at all the polling, looking at all the races, looking at everything. I think it may be a, a Democratic-ran 51. 
Um, and I think that the Senate does flip. Yeah, I think, well, I don't think that the Senate is going to flip. I don't think that. Hang on, we have a call coming in. All right. He's getting out of explaining why it doesn't flip. Just everyone timestamp it. Hello? Hey, what's going on, Spike? Hey, how are you? How's the show going? It is going well. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, Spike Cohen, your libertarian vice presidential nominee on the phone, calling in live from Dallas, Texas. Hi, everybody. I Thanks so much for having me on my own show, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you... how... By the way, how is Jason doing as a fill-in, may I ask? Jason is doing... Hello? Yeah, sorry. Uh, that's weird. Whenever Jason talks, he can't hear... Like, he can't... Uh, nobody can hear him. So oh. that's how well it's going for him. Um, oh, well, that's... <laughs> That's fantastic. That is J- just when I call. Well, just when anybody calls, apparently we're going to find out. Um, oh, well that, that's not good. But uh, no, he's he's doing really well. He has some very good insights on. Um, he's got some really good insights on the South Carolina race and uh, just all the races in general. Um, that's awesome. Well, I mean, you know, I love Jason. I think he's fantastic. Um, and uh, I'm just yeah. I'm, I took a, a quick break away from our our gala dinner that we're having and then we'll be assembling with all the other, uh, all the other, um, uh, people that are here attendees at the, at the big uh, election day event here. And we'll start looking at the returns. Um, and, uh, anecdotally we're hearing good stuff, but I haven't, I honestly haven't even looked at the, at the results yet. So I'm not, I'm not even sure where we are. Right. Um, yeah, we've been just kind of going through what to expect from the evening. So I haven't even really looked at the vote totals yet. So yeah. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, um, they're honestly just coming in right now. So right. Uh, it's it's going to be real sketchy uh, for at least a little bit until until we have some more solid numbers to work on. That's why I haven't looked. Right. I don't want to get uh, prematurely you know, upset or, or, or happy. So we'll see. Right. And the way that I see it is we're going to be looking at about 140 to 145 million people voting this year. That's my estimate, maybe 150. Which means for five percent, we need about seven million to seven point five million. Okay. Which would be about three million more votes than uh, than we got in twenty sixteen. Correct. So not unachievable, but certainly certainly a, a little bit of a, a obviously a higher road to cross. This has been a very interesting year, both in that just the sheer amount of voter turnout and also the fact that you know major media did everything they could to shut us out. Um, and it, it turns out that it was a stroke of genius uh, from the, the campaign for us to go around, you know, doing the bus tours and stuff, because we got around that by doing uh, by doing local and regional media that was, you know, excited to have a story, a local story. And, and that got in front of, you know, a lot of people's uh, got in front of a lot of people's eyes that wouldn't have even you know known about us if the national media had had their, their way about it. And that led to. In the final month, Joe actually getting some play on, you know, C-SPAN and, and, and Fox and some other, you know, national networks as well. So we will see how it, how it works out very soon. How is the uh, how, how is the attitude there in Dallas? Uh, it's very good. Right. Like I said, right now, we're still just finishing up the uh, the dinner. 
So everyone's just happy about how good our food is. And uh, we haven't really, you know, we haven't had a chance to really, you know, talk with, uh, after we do the dinner, um, we'll be, you know, meeting with all the other uh, people that have, uh, that have, uh, that are attending our, our, our main election watch party. Um, so I'll probably get a better sense of it then. Um, but we'll see. I, it's, uh, I am, uh, as my uh, good friend Vermin Supreme says, I am cautiously trepidatious. Vermin Supreme uh, prematurely declared victory this morning. Are you willing to yes. step out on that same limb? Uh, I, 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 I am certainly not vermin, and I'm not really comfortable prematurely declaring victory, especially after he did it. Seems like I'm just copying him at that point. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yes, he in at, at least uh, in at least one timeline, Vermin Supreme uh, has been elected or reelected, if you will, uh, president again. Um, gonna have to wait and see if, which, if, how it works out in this timeline, but, uh, but I certainly appreciate his enthusiasm. Well, that is excellent. So, um, do you want to make any predictions, uh, on how tonight is going to go overall? I, so I, I don't feel comfortable giving predictions on our race. I, the ones that I am out, outside, obviously of our race, the three ones that I am, uh, most um, most excited to, to, to see how they turn out. Uh, actually, four. Uh, there's Ms. Baldes uh, in, uh, in uh, Wyoming. I think she's going to win her state house race. Um, then there is uh, Ricky Harrington, who I think is, if he doesn't win uh, the election against Tom Cotton, I think he's going to at least uh, get in the, uh, at least get into the 40 percentile range. And, and from that, he'll be able to build you know, uh, and I will be working with them on that build, you know, future coalitions to eventually be able to unseat Tom Cotton uh, or, or, you know, uh, get a, unseat who ends up or replace whoever right. defeat, whoever runs, you know, to replace Tom Cotton next time. Uh, and then another one is uh, Chris Claviter, who is running for mayor of uh, Burnsville, Minnesota. Pretty sure he's going to win that one. Um, and then, uh, and then Donald Rainwater in Indiana. I think that he, uh, I, I, I personally think he's going to uh, going to win it. I've seen I know what momentum looks like. And when the polling has him, you know, at or around leading, that tells me that uh, and, and, and that it's moving in his direction. And after his two stellar debate performances, I, I, I believe that we're about to have our first libertarian governor. And that would be that would be absolutely amazing if rainwater wins. Um there's we have somebody from the uh, Donald Rainwater campaign that's going to be calling in later uh, later today, and we also have somebody from the Ricky Dale Harrington campaign who's going to be calling in later today. So that's we, awesome. Yeah, so we will be uh, talking with both of those campaigns as this night progresses, and we kind of hear a little bit more about what is uh, happening. So that's great. That is awesome. Well, I will be, uh, I have to head back to the party. I'm going to be speaking, I think, in about 15, 20 minutes. Um, but uh, I will definitely be tuning in again. And uh, I, uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Talk to you soon, Matt. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Now everybody should be able to hear you again. Test, test. Yep. We're good. Wow. Beautiful. Look at that. Look at that. I can talk again. I'm, I'm, Guessing it up again. This is cute. Good. So we were you. We paused 
because you were going to explain uh, why it is that the Republicans are going to be able to keep the Senate. It's And it's not going to be close. They're going to lose a lot of seats. Mm-hmm. But right now they have a five. I think I have it pulled up right here. Uh, right now they have a, yeah, they got a plus five. Uh, they have their plus five. And I believe that they're going to lose three seats, but they're going to keep, so they're going to keep it, but not, yeah. not by a lot. So 51-49? Yeah, 51-49. Yeah. So we will find out, and we will be keeping everybody up to date. Um, the only one, so right now, Doug Jones, the incumbent, is currently leading Tuberville, Tuberville. I don't know. I'm not an Alabama guy. Um yep. I know he's a football coach. Uh, he's he's leading the football coach fifty three percent to forty six percent with one percent reporting. So there's still a lot of time on that election. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be figuring all of that out as the night goes on. Um, with a little bit more than sixty six percent of of votes reported. Uh, in North Carolina, Joe Biden's got a six-point lead. Right. Yep, Joe Biden is holding on to a six-point lead in North Carolina. Looking blue. How much? How much? How much did you say reporting there? Sixty-eight uh, percent. So just two-thirds. Yeah, I've got sixty-nine percent noise. Sixty-nine uh, percent. He's got a six percent over on uh, the other site that I'm looking at. Um. In Michigan, with 10% reporting, Trump is up by 17%. Man. 17%. And I don't expect any of these numbers to stay, obviously. There's going to be lots of ups and downs and whatever. Um, But here in Florida, here in Florida, 89% reporting. Trump at 50.9, Biden at 48.23. Now, as I was, I I literally, Mm. I found this out earlier. The county that I'm in, Pinellas County, has correctly Mm -hmm. called the presidential election 40 years running. Wow. So 10 cycles. I, if Pinellas County goes blue, but the rest of the state chooses Trump, that will be shocking. That will be the end of one of the longest streaks out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right now, and everything that's coming in now, I believe is going to be coming from the panhandle. Yeah. So. And how was your county? Who was your county blue this year? Uh, you know, I haven't even had time to look. I know that when, right before we signed in, they it was... It was blue, but it wasn't done being counted. So let us look that up right now. I think I can yeah. get rid of that screen. Pinellas County. Because that, that's what I would be watching. Now, if anybody wants to be a part of the show, I can't give everybody my phone number. Uh, but if you go to anchor. Uh, there it is. Anchor.fm slash muddied waters and you hit the message button. We will get messages and we will play them live during the show and answer any questions that you have. Ohio uh, is 50% in and Biden's up by 11 right now. 11 points. 
Oof. Oof. Am I getting early upsets already? This is so, it's it's, again, it's that one thing that like I would not be worried about it at all. But because we had these maps already pre-made and, and we're posting them on social media, it's just like, oh no, no, I'm so concerned with all these all these different states. And at fifty percent. I don't think No, I don't want that either. Um I do not believe that I don't like a lot of these are going to switch. So it's very early to start saying, oh, this is going to happen or this isn't going to happen. Instead, yeah. with Ohio, which Iowa, Michigan, with Ohio, you're looking at 53% reporting. We also don't know where that 53% is. It might be the major yep. cities as opposed to the rural areas the, the where rural they areas. predominantly go GOP. Yep. Right. Yep. So. It just it just got me angsty now, just uh, having those maps out there, man. <laughs> um, for for the libertarians out there, everything that I am seeing, state by state, is not looking good for five percent. Nope, it is not looking good for five percent. We are still rooting for five percent. There's still a lot of election, still a lot of game left, a lot of green depending on whatever sports-related metaphor you prefer. A lot of time left, but you have to think at this point, when you have 89% in Florida, you need 5% of that 89 in order to keep that trend going. And in Florida, she is at... I don't even want to say that number because I don't want to dishearten anybody. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm, yep. Not, I'm not even going to tell you what that number is. You guys have the internet just as well as I do. Um, but It's a little bit better in Texas, um, <laughs> and I'm willing to say this one. So 63% in Texas of, of votes reported in. And Texas, why is Texas important? Because Texas has got – a ridiculous amount of libertarian candidates this year. Um, if you go onto Spike Cohen's uh, Facebook page, you can see all of the candidates that ran under the Libertarian Party. Um, he's got a post on there. So feel free to share that out and tell people, you know, the Libertarian Party is out there advocating for change. Texas has got a lot of them. They've got a lot of supporters for Liberty. And right now, uh Joe Biden has 50%. Uh, Donald Trump has 48.6%. Uh, 64% of the votes being in. So that means there's 1.4% of not the duopoly. So that means that there may, you know, 1.4% is the maximum that uh, Joe Jorgensen could be having in that state. Right. So, again, don't get disheartened. Like Spike said, no more than 15 minutes ago, there was a media blackout on us. There's always a media blackout on libertarians. That's nothing new. It's also that's also true for the Green Party, the Constitution Party, the Reform Party, uh, the Socialist Party of the whoever. It's there is a blackout on all of them. So it is hard to gain any real momentum because all of it is old school. All of it is old school, door to door, uh, door knocking, door hanging. Um, And 
hopefully people find your Facebook page. Hopefully people find your, uh, your Twitter and people continue to call in or continue to continue to pass that along, continue to share. Yeah. And this was also a struggle because of COVID COVID added a whole nother spin for every election out there across the country. This was supposed to be year the incumbents because it's so difficult in order to, if you don't already have a name for yourself, if you don't already have that, um, that natural grab of the, of, of whatever region you're trying to overcome. Um, it's difficult to get that social media is a, is a great tool for having good reach and everything else. But if you, if you're starting from scratch and trying to build that up in, in a matter of six months and a matter of eight months, you really have to have another way of, of getting that. And so the, as Spike was talking about with the bus tour, the bus tour is great of being able to get out there and, and get some of the local media, but it's not being able to garner that national support. It's not able to get out past like the county in which they're in. Um, And so this was, this really is a struggle in so many different ways. And so, um, you know, getting one, two, I mean, if we can get up to 3% even it's, it's, it's an incredibly difficult year to do so. Right. And that's, that's a good point that I hadn't thought about. I have worked on campaigns since 2014 um, since 2014, the 2014 midterms. Um, and this is my first year where I didn't work directly on a campaign and every other year we were out actually going door to door. We were going door to door. We were holding rallies. We were doing whatever we could to get the names out mm-hmm. this year. You can't do any of that stuff. You like literally small, uh, smaller parties, uh, like I said before, the Libertarians, the Green Parties, the uh, Reform Party, Constitution Party, all those, you're being handcuffed by mm-hmm. these rules and regulations that truly they were put in place by the duopoly. And I'm not saying they were put there to make it harder for third parties to gain traction, but it's an added benefit for the duopoly. Yes. I mean, it's, it's regulatory capture in election form. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. Um, and, and yeah, we, we saw this. I mean, I was out there, I was door knocking this year. I was door knocking for candidates this year and, and the struggle of, you know, I had people that would answer the door and be like, you're knocking on my door during a pandemic. Like, what are you doing? And so, I mean, having a candidate's face on, on a, on a, on a card, um, they're immediately going to turn off from that candidate. They're immediately going to go. That's not. That's not a candidate I want to be around. I mean, I had I had one lady yelling at me just because I merely was advocating for one candidate. So I mean, the the struggle is definitely there. This is not the same world that that we're used to in in twenty eighteen. Even um, COVID really did throw a wrench in a lot of people's campaigns, and and certainly it did for us. And and I think that you know us being libertarians, uh, the Libertarian Party was able to innovate and grow. I mean, we were the first ones to do a bus tour. Um, President Trump came out and, and tried to do a bus tour after the fact, and in some capacity, it wasn't the same thing, um, but that was didn't have the same effect as as what we did. So, right. being economic freedom people, we were able to innovate above and beyond. Uh, we have a message from Dan McCarthy on the Anchor.fm slash Muddied Waters. Sorry, no, I said that wrong. It's the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, Anchor FM call in line um so let's listen to what dan has to say 
I found you guys during the election, and I'm really excited to hear what's going on after the election. You've, you've got a listener now. Uh, I, I'm just, yeah, thank you guys for doing all you do. Well, thank you, Dan. We definitely appreciate you saying that. Yes. Um, and honestly, I have now been doing this show. In December will be four years that this show has been on the air. Um, and not a lot of people know that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in four years, uh, in December, it'll be four years that I have now been doing this show. And the reason that I did it wasn't ever to make money because it's a podcast and you don't make money podcasting. However, if any of you wouldn't mind, go to muddiedwatersmedia.com, hit the store button and buy some gear. You can get a shirt much like this one. Um, you can also get your Spike Cohen. There it is. Your Spike Cohen. You are the power bracelets there. Um, Nope, that's a lie. If you want to do that, shoot me a message. I'll tell you how. Uh, <laughs> you got to send me money through PayPal. Um, but the reason that I did it, because I wanted to be able to spread the message of liberty. And when Spike joined on two years ago, I knew that we had created something where we had the opportunity to do that in a way that was fun, that was entertaining, but also factually accurate where people can learn. And hearing from people like Dan McCarthy, Dan McCarthy, yep, uh, Dan McCarthy, uh, hearing that from you saying that, you know, you can't wait to see what's next. I'm going to tell you right now, there's, there is a lot of stuff that's coming. There, a lot of stuff is going to be uh, happening in the future, and we are very excited about a lot of it. But like Spike said at the end of My Fellow Americans on Saturday... This fight isn't over. We are not done. This is still continuing. This is an ongoing process, but we have more on that later. Um, so real quick, taking a look at the map, starting to fill out a little bit more. Currently, Biden has 129 to Trump's 92. 129 to 92. Right now, there's nothing really shocking happening as of right now, other than Texas is blue. Um, now, hold on real quick. Just um, what, what was the map that you're working from? Um, you're working from, I think you said MSNBC. No, um, I am switching between Fox news and five thirty eight. There we go. Okay. So I'm running from the New York times, which, so we're going to be having different numbers of all these times. Right. And so I want, I want you guys to, to, to understand that as well. Cause I'm at one nineteen ninety four. One nineteen ninety four, yeah. Okay, so New York Times and and uh, Fox News and they they are disagreeing. Uh, yeah, shocker, beautifully, shocker. Yeah, I'm I'm going through. Uh, I usually I, the only reason it's Fox News is because that was the last one I had up before we started. Yeah. Um, so we you know we're going to be reporting from a lot of different places tonight. Um, so, you know, keep calling in. I did see that we got somebody else that called. Oh, it's one of my favorite. We got a couple of calls, actually. We have Alex from Virginia. Hello, hello. Alex from Virginia calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney of law, anchor call in line. And I got a question for Matt Wright and Jason Hear Me Roar Lion. And yes. basically, I just want to know what site y'all are looking at tonight and... Something more important than that. You're going to go get chicken wings. What sauce are you getting? And ranch or blue cheese? 
Okay. Uh, well, asked and answered on the first one. <laughs> I switched through a couple. Uh, Dan Dan M in the comments says the AP is where it's at one nineteen to ninety two, um, and but I switched through a bunch throughout the night. It's just this this show I'm produ- like I'm I'm producing I'm I'm running everything so I haven't had time to switch anything, um, but uh, as far as chicken wings, I am a classic Buffalo guy, uh, and I want it hot, not like. I can't taste hot, but I want it hot. And contrary to many people, I am a blue cheese man. Mm. So, Matt, you're wrong, uh, first <laughs> of all. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm also a hot guy. I can, I can do the I can't taste, I can't see, I can't feel hot. Like, um, I actually enjoy, like, ghost peppers, Um we have a, a local shop around here that sells like ghost pepper sausage, ghost pepper, um, uh, uh, jerky, like just ghost pepper stuff. So, I mean, I, I enjoy it, that, that level of heat, if you will. Um, and I don't use ranch or, or blue cheese. I just, just take it. Well, it's yeah. I know I'm wrong too. So yeah, it's okay. You're, we you're can both wrong. be wrong together. You're wrong. Two wrongs make a, a, a right. If now, you, now the question is: When you eat your, uh, when you eat the the wing part, not the drummy, but the wing part, do you twist it and pull out that one piece, like that one bone, and then just eat the entire thing, or do you like try to maneuver around the chicken? I just break it in half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I twist it and then I pull out the bone, so it's just like one drummy. Yeah. On, on a, yeah. 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 There's there's multiple ways to skin that cat. Right, <laughs> you end up with the same thing. You end up with chicken. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the uh, we we've already talked about rainwater, which honestly that is the only gubernatorial race that I've done any research on this election. It's the only one that deserves it. It, it is the only one that deserves it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it has already been called. For Holcomb and Donald Rainwater is with fifty four percent in at twelve point six. Wow! I was expecting much higher. Yes, I was expecting him in the twenties at least. Right, I was ex- I was expecting him much higher than that. I thought that was going to be a much closer race all the way around. Um, and I was really really hoping for a. I was really hoping for a, uh, a some An sort upset. of right, yeah, some sort of moral. But hey, victory. let me let me take a page out of your book. Don't be discouraged. Okay. This is this is one day. This is one fight. No. We're gonna come back and we're gonna win. Right. We are, and actually, something that I wanted to say to everybody, to everybody out there, and this doesn't matter if you where you lie on the polit- political spectrum. If you're part of Team Gold, Team Green, Team Blue, Team Red. Whoever, I wanted to say uh, it doesn't matter if your team wins this thing or loses this thing. Um, this election is definitely not the most important thing in life. Uh, every four years or so, we get really worked up and caught up in the election. Um, we get caught up in the politics and we argue on Facebook and Twitter. And we don't, we forget that. We forget that this isn't the most important thing in the world. 
Uh, and a lot of us get blinded by the fact that you have people out there who are saying things like, this is the most important election of our lifetime, which I have heard every election since I started voting. So either they are lying or none of them are all that important. And just yesterday I was sitting at, um, I was sitting at Muddy Water Cava Bar. No relation. Um, I was sitting at Muddy, at Muddy Water Cava Bar uh, working on the notes for this show. And I heard somebody unironically say that this election is a battle for America's soul, which I understand Biden is out there saying it all over the place. Um, and my immediate thought was, well, that shit went away decades ago. That shit went away. Centuries. Right. All of, all of 1800s. Um, the most important things in this world aren't politics. Yeah, we have fun. We come here and we talk about them because it's fun. It's entertaining. It's entertainment for us. But the most important things are our families, our friends, um, giving, receiving love, uh, never g- giving up hope, uh, taking moments to realize that even though it feels like this world is going to hell, we have to remember certain things. We have to remember that not long ago, child labor was prevalent across the globe. And nowadays, a few parts in Africa still have it, some in China, but it is not a massive thing anymore. And a lot of that has been brought to you by unfed, by capitalism, by people being able to expand businesses and offer better opportunities for everybody. Um, not long ago, women didn't have the right to vote. 100 years. 100 years. Right. And pretty much all across, pretty much all across the globe, not all the way, uh, a few areas still don't let that happen. And the Vatican, um, which not surprising on either of those uh, members of the LGBTQ community. They can now go around this nation without fear of persecution legally because of the changes that have been enacted. We're not living under a military draft. We don't face polio. Getting the common cold won't kill you. We aren't being treated with leeches anymore. Slavery, uh, slavery is illegal. Uh, sorry, nope. Um, yeah, slavery is legal across the globe. And while a lot of a lot of these things still happen. We aren't faced with them on a day-to-day basis. Like they're going to come and attack us and just grab us. I don't care what MSNBC, what Fox news, what CNN, uh, or MSNBC. I don't care what any of them say to you about this. Like these are not things that most of us need to fear on a daily basis. So whenever all the votes are tallied from this thing, don't lose your mind about this election. That is so important. Do not lose your mind about this election and realize that slowly the libertarian ideals that we have been pushing for decades are starting to become mainstream and they're starting to work their way into uh, the common thought process of everybody out there. And the libertarian ideas, they are ideas that aren't won and lost in an election. They are fought. They are fought for with. They are fought for with gnashing of teeth and the blood of people who truly, honestly believe in it. And that's 
through people dying over their belief systems and it's through people who are out there every day pounding pavement, doing whatever they can to make change. And no matter how it all ends, tonight, later this week, whatever, whenever the Supreme Court decides we're going to make that decision and give it to Trump, um, it doesn't end the fight that all of us, everybody watching this show is involved in. Um, And we have some of the best fighters I've ever had the pleasure to work with. We have people like Jason. I am so glad I got that point right. (laughs) We have people like Jason. We obviously have Spike Cohen. We have people like Tom Arnold, Chrissy Wickers, Ian Peek, Anthony Welty, Dan Berman, Donald Rainwater, many, many, many others. People who are out there fighting every day to make a difference, who are working every day to make sure that the libertarian ideals become more become part of the mainstream to a greater level. And even though it feels like we lose elections if we don't get 5%, or it feels like we lose elections because Donald Rainwater didn't get the 20%, that is, that's not a loss. Because a few years ago, he wouldn't have gotten 12 Mm-hmm. A few years ago, Ricky Harrington, when Tom Cotton dropped out, he would not have had the debate without Tom Cotton. They would have just said, well, no, there's no point to having you here. Things are changing. So no matter what, keep your chins up. This is a long, long race. This is more than a marathon. This is a yep. lifelong race. And not this election or any election result will knock any of us off the path from fighting for liberty for everybody out there. So no matter what, please do not lose your mind after this election. You have to stay just as excited as we're going to stay because none of us are going to be done. We are all going to continue to fight in our own special ways. Mine, Spike's, Jason's might be sitting here and making fun of absolutely everything. Yours might be some way more conventional. Um, <laughs> that was beautiful. That was beautiful. I, it, from people from at home, come on, let's give them a round for that one. That was that was beautiful. I, I yes, we cannot give up. And and I want to just add on to that. And, and it's not going to be nearly as elegant or as beautiful. But we all transition to to the stance of liberty. Um, none of us were born into this. None of us were born and, and just said, you know, I have this highly sophisticated, highly intelligent way that I want to live my life where I don't hurt people and take their stuff. Um, we all adapted to this over time, right? I came from the right side of the aisle. I came from the conservative side. Um, you may have come from the left side of the aisle, but we all came to the idea of liberty and, and we agree upon those those core values together. And how we did that was oftentimes we had seeds planted. We weren't turned overturned overnight. We, we, we didn't wake up one day and just go, I'm suddenly a principled libertarian. Um, it was those small things. And so like what, what Matt was saying, you know, with, with rainwater, with that 12%, right? Out of those 12%, how many of those didn't think of libertarian in, in a favorable light before they heard of rainwater? That's true. So how many seeds did he plant? And and how is Indiana changing just because of those 12%? How are they going to change next election? How are they going to change in 2022 and 2024? And so this is a long haul, as Matt said. This is, this is for the longest marathon ever. This right. isn't just for the 23 miles. This is for 100 miles. This is for 200 miles. This is for 1,000 miles. And, and, you know, 
If you ever feel discouraged, if you ever feel beaten up, give me a call. Let us know. We here at Muddy Waters Media will will help pick you up and keep us keep trekking on because we cannot give up on this. We want to see freedom in our lifetime, and we're not willing to give up, and so we won't give up on you either. Right. Perfect. That was that was just perfect. Um, <laughs> we got a couple of uh, call-ins during that. Uh, Brent DeRitter commented, please don't play my comment or play my message, which means I'm absolutely playing this message. Find that message. Yeah, that's getting played. Hey, fellas, it's Brent. I was just wondering how uh, how long Jason spent on his beard today and how much of his wife's hard-earned money. Uh, it, just curious. Bobby. Thanks. Thank you. Whew. Uh, so in order to, to thank you for bringing that back up, Brent, we were, we were hoping to be excused from that. I, I actually took, so backstory, the four months or however long it's been since I was doing it, I was just trying to hide from comments like that. No, no, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> took me about 10 minutes today. All right. Hopped out of the shower, pulled out the, 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 the blow dryer, pulled out the beard straightener, pulled out the, the beard oil, the beard bomb, pulled out the beard brush, the beard comb. And uh, went to town on it. So, uh, and how much money did that cost? All in, in total. Let's. Uh, if you want to talk about equipment and all, we're talking about forty bucks. So, there you go. There uh, you go, Brent. Ask and ye shall receive. Brett Robertson is reporting. I don't know where he's getting these numbers, uh, but I'm going to say them anyway because I trust him. Um, Ricky Dale Harrington is at thirty-seven point four reporting, or yes. right now with thirty-one percent reporting. 37.4 with 31% reporting. So there is that fight's not over. That fight is I not over. I wanted him to be at 30%. That was my, my, my threshold for you success, know? 30%. And what he's been doing is just absolutely incredible for libertarianism in general. And uh, my hat goes off to him. I, I, hope, I hope he wins. But if not, this is going to be one of those races that is going to be everybody's going to look at it and as uh, i believe yep brett robertson said that too anywhere if you're interested in running for office and you have somebody who is an incumbent running unopposed run run get the message out there get the message out there learn all your talking points be ready for anything and get the message out there because you are the power um (laughs) Don't be afraid, and and that's the other thing. Don't be afraid to run. Never be afraid to run. Um, If you want to dedicate hours upon hours, I mean, if you want to go, you know, 10, 12 hours a day on campaigning, you can do that. But if you want to just put your name out there, just say, all right, I'm going to run. I'm going to pay the filing fee. I'm going to put my name out there. I'm going to give it two to three hours a week. I'm going to give it 10 hours a week, right? You want to give it a little bit of time. You're still, people are going to go, you know, put up a website and just have that. And then people can go Google you, find you on Facebook and you can just have your philosophy, have your principles up there and do it by just paying for the filing fees and just having a social media page and, and a website, you're spending a hundred bucks and, and you have the opportunity to help just get somebody out there that may be interested in just looking for another option. Right. Um, you can help spread the message that way. Absolutely. It, you don't have to, you don't have to run to win. And if you're somebody, if you're somebody who doesn't want to run, you don't want to be out at the forefront. Find a candidate that you can back, and you back them, and you work for them. And I am not going to lie to you. 
working for a libertarian candidate is the most thankless job I've ever had. Um, it is rough. There are long nights. There's long nights. There's little sleep. And um, many of you won't get paid. But you are doing something to better the country. You are doing something to better the world. And you are helping spread that message in the way that you know how. So if you are going, if you're, like I said, if you're somebody who doesn't want to run, find somebody you can support and support them with every single thing that you have. Um, We have a message here from Adam Templeton. Adam Templeton. I love that name. That is such a great name. He picked himself. I've been a long time libertarian and I've seen a huge shift this election from friends and this local people switching to Joe Jorgensen from both sides. Do you really believe these numbers compared to past elections? I've seen way more libertarians voting for Joe this year than Gary Johnson got in the past. So back in 2016, back in 2016, Gary Johnson was polling at roughly 12% or 12% of people said that they were looking at third parties or Gary Johnson. I believe he got 38 3.6. 3.6. He got 3.6% of the popular vote. This year, they are polling at 4.8, I believe. Yeah, some, yeah. So, somewhere around there. I know it's in the fours. Um, They're polling at 4.8. Many people... When they get to the ballot box, they have this moment of, oh, I've just remembered all of those people telling me this is the most important election of our lifetimes. And I don't want to be the reason that the most important election of our lifetimes is ruined. So they get cold feet at the ballot box and they end up not voting the way that they have said so many times. If you are seeing this on your uh, Facebook wall, your Twitter, Twitter, whatever, a lot of that is echo chamber related. Yes. And I don't mean that as an insult to you. It is just naturally what happens with social media, which is why when people get kicked off of Facebook, it's just super, super annoying. Um, I am still. You wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) I am still bitter. It's been over a month and I am still mad at Facebook. Um, But I don't even post anything. But so don't like, don't take offense to it. But a lot of times it is echo chambery and you are talking to like-minded people who are open to listening to changing their vote as opposed to people who are steadfast and might say, yeah, I don't like Biden and I really don't like Trump. So I'm going to vote this way. And then they get there and they say, we have to make sure Trump doesn't get in again. There's also uh, another aspect to this that um, I'm trying to remember what the philosopher was. But basically, when you look at when you look at people um, in, in large part, right, we're we're often binary people. Right. It's one or the other, which is why the duopoly exists, which is why the boot duopoly has so much power. Um, and, and having that be, have such a control over so much of our population, um, that people haven't been able to break free and, and looking at the severity of 
I mean, if you look at the conflicts that are going on across this country right now, people are energized more than they have been um, in the past. I mean, 2016 didn't have um, protests and riots happening across the nation. Um, they didn't have a pandemic where, you know, the, the sides couldn't be any more divided. And so, I mean, when you look at while while you look at a lot of the topics that are being discussed between the Republicans and the Democrats um, within the Overton window, the Overton window actually isn't that big, but they're they're at the the very ends of those Overton windows. So there's a lot of divide between those two. And you know, as Matt said, this is the most important election of our lifetimes. That there's that we are already seeing in in so many of the states that they're setting records for how many mail-in ballots that they've had and that wasn't even including today's ballots where people are are showing up in person and so you have um we're we're seeing an incredible number of people voting that we are going to see records set across this nation for for most voters being um being out and casting their ballots and so with that the, the struggle there is that um we get washed out in large part, right? So I, I'm, I'm interested to see just the pure hard numbers of how many votes Gary Johnson got versus how many votes Joe Jorgensen got. And and I think That's that also point. when you look at, at um, um, the way that Gary Johnson campaigned because of because they didn't have COVID, they were a, they had a grassroots movement that was on fire. Um, they were a, they were all over the place. They also got the media coverage. They, you know, Gary Johnson was on there, you know, faking a heart attack because he smokes marijuana um, and everything else. And so there was a lot more there that was able to get people to see them um, as opposed to the media blackout that we've had, the, the COVID shutting us down and having just a bus tour. So it was much more difficult to get Joe Jorgensen out there. And so um, I, having conversations with with some of my friends in the backgrounds that are are libertarians or anarchists um we we set personal goals and and personal satisfaction goals of two percent for some of us and three percent for others nobody really had that five percent as as uh as a realistic obtainable goal and i think that that that's showing to be true tonight right and as much as i wanted it to be five percent I was hoping for 5% in 16. I knew it wasn't going to happen in 12, but I was hoping for it in, uh, I was hoping for it in 16 because you had the two most unlikable. Yeah. Two most unlikable candidates in, uh, in us history running against each other, both of them running on the fact that the other one was so awful. And that was the moment. That was the chance. Now, granted, with the Gary Johnson campaign, I disagree with a lot of the, uh, a yes. lot of how they ran that campaign. Gary Johnson pretending to have a heart attack because he smoked marijuana did not care about that. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, it was great. It was great for publicity. Yeah, yes. that was great. When he bit his tongue during an interview, that was bad. He's like, oh, the guy bit my tongue, and it's just like, why did you? That looked bad, man. And, mm-hmm. of course, the Aleppo moment, which not a lot of people know this. The number one thing Googled that day after that was, what is Aleppo? What is Aleppo? And yep. that's because most people did not know what Aleppo was. It's it's almost as comical as um, just recently in, in current events, right? Trump talks about the coyotes, 
right? Coyotes bringing people over. And suddenly every conservative out there was like, you guys don't know what Coyotes was? It's like, let me see your Google history. No, no, no. Don't look at that. But you guys don't know what Coyotes was? It's like, you didn't know what that was 10 minutes ago either. Like, simmer down now. I so I knew what a coyote was uh, because one of my friends' parents was one. So that was- I, I knew about it because I I actually uh, one of a, a fellow podcaster from from uh, a couple of years ago he actually had on ice agents and they were talking about what a coyote was and so I knew what it was but it was just like most people are not they don't get that that's not in the mainstream like that's not in anybody's vernacular nobody's like oh we're talking about illegal immigration well let me talk to you about coyotes right. Right. So, you know, a lot, a lot of the stuff that's said during the election, uh, oh, Brett Robertson, anyone who watched weed should know. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, we got another call here, another one from Alex from Virginia, who he is running. Alex, what I want you to do is I don't, cause I don't remember what you're running for right now. Uh, call in again, leave us a message telling us what you're running for. Um, in Virginia, I think it's state house but I don't think Virginia has a house. Um, I think they call it something else. Um, but so let us know what you're running for and drop your, uh, drop your website if you have one or where they can reach out to you. So that way people in Virginia can find out about you. Um, so here we go with the next one from Alex from Virginia. Hello. Hello. Alex from Virginia calling in again. And just want to respond to what Matt just said about not losing hope and our libertarian ideal spreading. And it reminded me of what someone said about the Velvet Underground's first album. It said something along the lines of, yeah, it sold 20,000 copies or something like that, but everyone who bought those, one of those 20,000 copies started a band. And that's what I'm feeling with the Jorgensen Cohen campaign that it's not, maybe we're not reaching a lot of voters, but all of those voters are talking about our ideals and they're becoming more active within our libertarian community. And it gives me a lot of hope for the future and just wanted to share that with y'all. Thank you. And that was excellently put and, and, and a fantastic point because the Velvet Underground's first record, not many people bought it. It's great. And most of the people who own that album have a band. Not me. Um, <laughs> but uh, that is a really good point because then the people who are adamant about the Jorgensen Cohen campaign, the people who want to see what happens next with Jorgensen and wants to happen next with Cohen those people are going to continue to be excited. They're going to still have that fire and they are going to continue to try to spread the message of Liberty. And that is what we are really truly trying to do on this show um, is continue to get people to want to fight for Liberty, who want to continue to push it and are going to push it day after day after day. Or as Joe Biden would say, punch at it and punch at it and punch at it. Um, or sniff at it, or and sniff at it, and sniff. Well, at he was it. talking about uh, violence against women, wasn't he? Oh, oh yes, yes, yeah. He was. He's like, oh, you got to punch at it and punch at, it. yeah. Um, so, you know, don't, you know, like, keep the fire burning, and yeah, you know, you got to find whatever 
log or kindling you need to keep that fire going, whether it be work for work for a different candidate, support a different candidate, uh, whether it become means becoming more active in your local affiliates or if it means starting your own affiliates or if it means if you're not a libertarian. I know not everybody that watches us is a libertarian. But uh, you should be. <laughs> but you should be. Um, but you uh, should you should be able to go out and speak on better liberty. Maybe you want to be a member of the uh, Republican Liberty Caucus or the Democrat Liberty Caucus. There isn't one. Um, there should be. There but should, yeah. Yeah, there isn't one, but there should be. Um, you want to be able to go out and do these things. You, you need to be able to go out and do these things because you want to keep the fire, the flames of liberty burning inside of you because you want to be able to continue fighting for liberty over the next who knows how many years. When I started this show four years ago, I did not think that four years later I would be reporting on an election. I thought it was going to be a short-term thing. But honestly, I look forward to doing this more than almost anything else in the world. Minus going home to eat Sarah's cooking or to do other things with her. Um... <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. No, I and 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 if I could, I mean that's that's you can't go home to do other things with Sarah. That's just that's no. inappropriate. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Absolutely not. But that's that's I mean I share those those similar sentiments. I mean, it's this is this is the most exhilarating thing that I can do with my life is the help hope to be able to impart an impact change for somebody to help bring them to liberty. Um, I think another good analogy that we have is, is how many people um, came and joined the Liberty movement because of Ron Paul. I mean, that's, that's a common reference. Big time. Um, he didn't win the presidency. I mean, we, he's not any of the presidents. And so, um, but he was able to drop those seeds for us and, and the fires of Liberty has been burning because of that. Um, and so that's exactly what we're doing. And so, I mean, the, the comment that we had earlier, um, I, I apologize, I'm, I'm terrible with names, but, you know, just thanking us. I mean, that's that's really what keeps us going is just knowing that we're still here. And and by us talking into these microphones and talking to the to a webcam connected to, to the Internet, like we're able to to actually affect you guys. And so um, you guys are really the, the fuel for our fire. And so thank you guys all for being here and joining us in tonight. And, and hopefully we're, we're adding value to you guys each and every time that we, we do this. So let's, uh, let's go take a look at what's going on around the country. Um, not much change in the presidential election. Uh, Alaska. No, I'm not worried about them. Uh, <laughs> uh, in Alabama, Doug Jones is down by 17%. With 20% reporting, I am certain it's going to stay relatively close to these numbers. Yeah. It's going to stay yeah. relatively close to these numbers. Maybe uh, Tuberville, Tuberville will get a wider gap, but it's not going – he, he's going to win. He used to coach Auburn and Ole Miss, and he's in Alabama. Like, there's no question there. Um, in Colorado, they have called it for Hickenlooper. With 57% uh, reporting. Yeah, I got to get off of the New York Times. Yeah. Um, and that means that that is one of the seats that has been flipped. 
But the Republicans did flip with Hickenlooper, even though they haven't actually called that one yet. But that's going to happen. Um, in Georgia, Purdue has a 15-point lead over Ossoff, and that dude's name is John Ossoff. I wonder how long it took him to uh, decide not to run under the name Jack. Right? Right. Jack Ossoff. Yeah. Um, he has a 15-point lead with 45% reporting, not being called yet because I'm certain uh, the major metropolitan areas have not been counted. Um, also in Georgia, I don't know what that is, so I'm just going to skip that one. Um, in Iowa, nope, never mind. In Kentucky, Mitch McConnell has won, and our friend Brad Barron is at 3.95 with 91% reporting. Which That's a struggle. That, yeah, that is. Um, but again, a few years ago, you wouldn't have gotten that as a libertarian. Yes. As a liberty-leaning Republican in Kentucky, yes. But as a libertarian, no. You would have just been, don't even do it, just get washed away. Yep. Um, in Maine, well, okay, never mind. It's only five percent in. Uh, Susan Collins has a slight, well, has a good lead of twenty-four, twenty-four percent. Um, but again, five percent in. So yeah, take that, take that with a grain of salt. Um, Michigan James is over Peters with nineteen percent reporting. Uh, he's up by the 19. Do, do, do. Cunningham with 83% in is up by 6. 0.6. Is up hmm. by 0.6. Less than a percentage point. Um, so that's still anybody's, anybody's race. Um, Lindsey Graham... He is up on Harrison by 11 with 29% in. Mm. So a lot of close races, a lot of them not even close enough that we can even pretend to make a call on it. Um, the only one I will call is uh, Tuberville because um, that, that's just over. Yeah. Yep. That is just over. Huh. They do not have... I just realized they don't have Arkansas. Let's go there. Arkansas, they they are calling it for cotton. With 46% reporting, Harrington has 35.33%. Now, while I really want Harrington to win this race, 35% is amazing. And... Yeah. I know it is one of the best performances, if not the best performances percentage-wise, by a libertarian. I don't know what the best is. I am not sure what that is. If anybody in the comments knows what that is, shoot me a uh, shoot me a message or uh, uh, add a comment in the uh, chat, and we will. Let everybody know. Um, mm. 
Um, real Brett Robertson says Roll Tide. Yeah, well, apparently being a football coach in Alabama is enough to get even Alabama's vote. Um, Brett Robertson did a mass run as Republican, then switch. Yes, he did. He ran as Republican. He ran as Republican, won as Republican, switched uh, earlier this year or late last year. I think it was earlier this year. Um, and in order to run for the libertarian presidential spot, which he ended up dropping out of because of the way that we had our mixed, our mixed, uh, convention. Uh, so he was a libertarian or he was a liberty. He was part of the Republican Liberty Caucus and he switched over to be a libertarian. Uh, oh wait, no, it's July 4th. It was July 4th of last year because it was his independence day from the GOP. Yes. Yes. Um, so that is what happened. And then he decided not to run this year. So he will not be retaining his seat, meaning that there is a good chance there won't be a libertarian in Congress after uh, tomorrow. Well, January, but, you know, tomorrow. Um, yep. And... I think I have another message from our good friend Alex in Virginia. Perfect. Yes. Going to update us with his position. Hello, hello. Alex from Virginia calling in again, again. And uh, per Matt's request, just want to let everyone know that I plan to run for the House of Delegates District 66 in Virginia. Covers Colonial Heights and part of Chesterfield County. So... If you live in that small area, look for me on the ballot next year, unless LPVA decides they can find someone better, which I doubt. I don't think a lot of Virginians ever run in that district. Um, but if you want more details about my campaign, which will be forthcoming, like a website and stuff like that, you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Boyer Official and float.app slash Pfizer, like the uh, pharmaceutical company. Thank you. Float.app slash Pfizer. Now, Trump has taken a lead in Texas by less than a percentage point, with 64% reporting. Mm. Now, if I am correct, and I do not know this for certain, but Texas has two separate uh, time zones as well. Yeah, I I believe so. I think they do. So it also might be some of the votes have not even finished being come in. I don't really know what time all of they they all close. Um, here in Florida, Trump has about a three and a half percent lead with 91 percent reporting. Um, at this point, what I'm guessing is most of the votes that are waiting to be counted are in large metropolitan areas, which is the only reason they haven't called it. Just yeah. my guess. Yeah, that would be my guess. Um, when we start making more money at this, we're going to get people to be able to call and like tell us these things because right now I'm guessing. Um, yeah, we'll have people like actually watching. Like you have five states, you have five states, right? You find out what's going on there, and we'll have somebody else that's standing back here texting on, being like, "All right, get ready to call in. We're going to call you. We're going to call you now," and that's going to be great. Um, yeah, be beautiful. Oh, Jeremy Lockhart, uh, are. 
Jeremy Lockhart appears to be in Dallas, Texas, because he said, I just got back from listening to Spike. The man is the best. Spike for president 2024. Sure. Um, if he wants to, you know, I support it 100%. I support anything Spike wants to do. Uh, he is my hetero life mate after all. Now, true statement. <laughs> true statement. Nope, not what I wanted to do. Um, so if anybody has any questions, any complaints, suggestions, whatever, um, leave them in the comments. Leave us a message at anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters, and uh, we will definitely get to all of those. Uh, Pennsylvania, the linchpin of this entire thing. I've only got 16% reporting on them. I got 16%, and you got Biden with about a six and a half point lead. Yep. Yep. And then in North Carolina, with 86% reporting, we've got 49.7% for Joe and 49.2% for Donald. So we're looking, you know, it's a half a percent difference between those two with 14% left to, to be reported. North Carolina is neck and neck. Yeah, that, that is that is that hmm. one is going to be a complete and total nail biter. Um, I did not think that North Carolina, like I knew it was going to be a close election this time, but North Carolina could be one that doesn't get decided tonight. Yeah, definitely not going to step out all the way <laughs> and say that it won't be, but it there is a chance that it won't be decided tonight. Um, yeah. Especially with how close it is. I mean, that the easily one that could be challenged. Right. Now with Meg Jones says, I still say a Cohen Wright ticket 2024. And again, if uh, Spike wants to run for president in 2024 and he wants me to be his VP, and super fan Sarah Anderegg is okay with me leaving for a year to go around and do that. Uh, a year? We're going to start this campaign off tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, but I won't have to go around touring everywhere for and be gone. Um, I will... Early bird gets the word. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jordan Fetcher says, I'm surprised that Trump isn't leading in North Carolina with the incredible amount of military families there. And that is actually a really good point. However, North Carolina has been gathering a large amount of people coming there from out of state for lower taxes, lower prices, lower everything, who are looking to ruin it. Um, yeah, you've seen from, you, so you've seen from, from Connecticut, from, from New York, and from Virginia, where they've all just run roughshod over their people, I mean, raising taxes and everything else. So people start slowly going south. I mean, North Carolina is the current victim. South Carolina is coming up next. And, yeah. and Virginia, you know. Virginia, that happened a while ago. Yeah. So it's, it's just not a, it's just not going to be a pretty situation. And, and in North Carolina, I mean, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina has been booming in their population and, and Asheville has been growing. And, and so you've got like a lot of these, uh, this, these metro areas that are, are growing. Um, and it's just slowly taking them over. I mean, right. this is what we're seeing with Texas too. 
Um, Alex from Virginia said, I don't know how absentee mail-in ballot counting works in Virginia, I'm assuming, because he said here. Uh, I voted in person, but Trump is up 11 in Virginia, 93% reporting, but called for Biden. That's actually really strange. Because if he's up 11%. Yeah, I I see the same thing. Yeah, okay, hang on. I got to take a look at this because that is very strange to me. Uh, 981,000 votes for Biden. Uh, 1.238 million votes for, for, for Donald called it for Biden. And how much do you have reporting? Uh, 49%. 49%. Okay. Cause he had 93% reporting. So, and again, in Virginia and uh, Alex, you live there. I used to live there. Uh, Arlington, Alexandria, Fairfax, Manassas, uh, Prince William County as a, as a whole, Fairfax County as a whole. Um, those areas are going to be predominantly liberal. Um, so a lot of them are going to be going that way. And they are the more, uh, more populated areas. So you're going to be looking at a lot of people in those areas that are waiting to get their votes counted. That is what I think. That is why I think that they are holding it up like that. It could flip. Earlier today, I was talking with my father. Um, I was talking with my father, who is a staunch, staunch Republican. I've never been able to get him to switch, and I never will. So I don't even try anymore. Um, but he was telling me that Virginia is still in play. Now, they could be making a call based on the last 12, 13 years of Virginia. And just saying, going on some exit polling, which sometimes is accurate, sometimes isn't accurate. Yeah. Um, they may be doing something like that. However, hist- like historically, for the last 13 years, because of people moving down from uh, the New England area, from your Connecticut, from New York, from Massachusetts, you're seeing more and more... Uh, Democrats winning, so they may just be making an educated guess on that. Um, uh, I love that so many people know so many jokes about my private life with Superfan. Um, <laughs> uh, 0% reporting in Wyoming, uh, already called for Donald Trump. Shocker. Yeah, big shot. I mean, Wyoming is like a a stronghold for Republicans. Right. Zero. Yeah, you're right. Zero percent reporting. Zero percent reporting. Um, again, Pennsylvania being the most important one. Yes. We are looking at fifty two percent for Biden now, with forty six percent for Trump, with still eighteen percent reporting. Um, Again, that one that one's going to be that's going to be a long drawn out one. This is not going to be a short election cycle and it's not going to be short for Pennsylvania at all. I nope. legitimately could see the Supreme Court stepping in Friday and being like you have to have them all counted by this time today. Yep. I I could see that happening. Um and there would be shades of Florida 2000 that people would be looking at. Oh, yeah. That would be oh the massacre that would be happening there. Um, 
And I think I think that, that that really like that conversation. I mean, taking it to its fullest extent of where what what could happen if we don't have election results? Is there is there a timeline there? Um, what is what is the thresholds and and everything else? So December fifth, I think. Yep. yep. December fifth is uh, the day that the electoral college votes. Um and. Should there not be a decision within a week of that? I think that's when the Supreme Court steps in and just says, this is what we're going with because we can't keep doing these recounts. Because if it drags out till January 21st, I believe, um, January, is it January 21st? I think it's January 21st. Um, If it drags out till then, Nancy Pelosi will become the President of the United States. And I don't see her i don't see her wanting to step away from that yep and then part of the constitution basically also the follow-up president and vice president would be selected by congress so you have the house um which is ran by by democrats they'll be choosing the president of the united states uh the man of the people led by the house uh vice president will be selected by the senate so republicans having that so there's an opportunity that we could have a Biden-Trump presidency for a short bit. God, that would be that would be. Could you imagine that? Just a presidential debate every time, just every day every... in the office. Trump just go like Biden's out there. Come on, man! Come on, man! Come <laughs> on, man! Up, man! Come on! <laughs> just shut up, man! Why is this guy such a clown? And Trump's on. <laughs> This guy's just the worst. He's just absolutely terrible. I was a much better president than he was. If maybe, possibly, I don't know. He gets to, he has dementia, and then uh, we kick him out. Twenty fifth Amendment, I believe it is. Do we have twenty five? I don't even know. Uh, you can, we can get rid of him. He doesn't want to build the wall. We can build the wall. <laughs> we can build the wall. He's already tearing down the wall. My big beautiful wall. That's more like a fence or a gate, maybe, but still. We could just get rid of him and we could continue building my gate and everything, everything will go back to normal. Um, yeah, that for entertainment purposes, let's go. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. Um, oh, man. I'm trying to find Pelosi's race really quickly on here. I mean, oh, wait, the polls aren't even closed there. It doesn't yeah, matter. California. Right. I was like, oh, they close in seven minutes. Um, so anybody have any questions? Anybody? I feel like you regret asking if any questions, anybody. Yeah. Does it, does anybody have any questions? Um, anybody have any questions? Uh, please feel free to call them into anchor.fm slash muddied waters and hit the message button. And we will be more than happy to answer them for you live on the air. Um, we are going to take a short, two-minute break, um, because as I learned from the last election, doing this for four hours without a break, especially a bathroom break, was a bad idea. So we will be back in just a few minutes. Um, Enjoy the uh, music that we've picked for you. I'm certain you will. And send us in your questions. By the time I finish, I'm going to have a nice sunburn right here. This is, where's my sunblock? We know about this president. Because if he's given four more years... It's a good thing, not a bad thing. He'll be what he's been for the last four years. It's a good thing. The president takes no responsibility. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. 
Refuses to leave. Blames others. It's a good thing. Cozy's up to dictators. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. The days of cozying up to dictators is over. It's a good thing. Never about you. Don't believe me, it's all about him. They want to cancel you. Totally cancel you. After eight long years, Joe Biden and Barack Obama left America weak, weak. Me, we, we're the wall between the American dream and the destruction of the greatest country. Five million Americans affected by COVID-19. The president still does not have a plan. Well, I do. I have news for him. No miracle is coming. Is that the America you want for you, you? Disrespected and endangered. I will not let that happen. Come on, man. Joe Biden is a puppet of the radical left movement. What we know about this president is if he's given four more years, it's a good thing, not a bad thing. He'll be what he's been for the last four years. It's a good thing. The president takes no responsibility. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. Refuses to leave. What blames others? It's a good thing. Cozy's up to dictators. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. The days of cozy up to dictators is over. It's a good thing. He'll believe it's all about him. Never about you. They want to cancel you. Totally cancel you. It is what it is. But if Biden is elected, elected, control of the border will be ceded to violent cartels. When Joe Biden was vice president, the border was an open pipeline for criminals, gang members, and cartels. 50 million people will file for unemployment this year. Nearly one in six small businesses have closed this year. Cases and deaths remain far too high. High. Working families will struggle to get by. Bye. Many, many Democrats, few, few Republicans. Trump is down by six. Trump is down by six. Our current president has failed. He's failed to protect us. Joe Biden, you're fired. Four more years. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. He'll be what he's been for the last four years. It's a good thing. The president takes no responsibility. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. Refuses to leave. What blames others? It's a good thing. Cozy's up to dictators. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. The days of cozy up to dictators is over. It's a good thing. Never about you. They don't believe it's all about him. They want to cancel you. Totally cancel you. No, no, no. Million dollars. And by the way, Mr. President. Wait a minute. Mr. President. And we are back. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, whatever song I put on there. I don't even know which one it was. Um, <laughs> I just put in something so that way it would so that way it would uh, give you guys something to listen to when I had to go to the bathroom. Um, I saw that we had at least one message. Hang on a second, let me pull that up. Um, we had at least one message that. Uh, December 14th is the deadline. So, uh, from Dan McCarthy. Hey, it's Dan from Texas again. Uh, just wanted to say, I, I looked it up, and it's December 14th would be the deadline, uh, according to this email that I got from uh, my investment bank. Uh, was the, That's the deadline for a resolution to any state's assignment of its electoral votes. Federal law stipulates that on the second Monday, after the second Wednesday in December... All states plus Washington, D.C. will formally cast their votes for president and vice president. Any legal challenge or any other complication with the vote count must be resolved by this date. So uh, to answer your uh, quandary from earlier or whatever your, your question was. Uh... Our, our query, if you will. I like it. Our query. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Dan McCarthy. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Um, 
Yeah, my prostate thanks me. Yes, it does because we did. So we found out during the 2018 um, that you are actually capped on live streaming on a couple of platforms. Um, we did not know that. So we were just going, and at four hours, Facebook cut us off, and at 4.08, uh, YouTube cut us off. Mm. And immediately upon getting cut from YouTube, I did a dead-on sprint to the bathroom because it had been four hours. And Ooh. I don't know how many people know a lot about Kava, but I'm going to school you a little bit right now. Now, Kava comes from the root of the kava plant and it is found in the south pacific islands um it doesn't taste great i'm not gonna lie to you it's a root it tastes like you're drinking a potato imagine taking a potato chopping it up and sifting water through it that is what kava tastes like now once you start drinking it you're gonna be like i don't understand why anybody would want to drink this it tastes terrible it's not great and i don't feel anything from it like they say that you will that's because kava has a reverse tolerance. The more of kava you drink, the more of the effects you are going to. Did that sound as cool to everybody else as it did in my earphones? Because it was really loud. Um, it was loud. It was fine. Okay. Um, unless you like dirt. Yes, you're right, uh, Dan. Um, but the more you drink kava, the more effects you're going to feel from it. It's going to help you out with things like insomnia and uh, certain aches and pains and things like that. And while I have tried lots of kava across the globe, um, I highly recommend you get kava from siestacava.com because um, they're good friends of mine and uh, they have a fantastic product. I will have to look into that. I mean, I've I've not ever touched your rooty stuff uh but i've got i've that got back so surgery dirty actually coming when up. you say it that way i have yeah, never I mean, touched your rooty stuff yeah um, it's just yeah but i mean i've got back surgery coming up on the 20th so it's uh yeah uh, maybe maybe that'll help don't mix it with alcohol all right i'm not gonna try your rooty stuff yep. anymore <laughs> yep do not <laughs> do not mix it with alcohol uh we have a caller coming in there it is um we have a caller coming in right now. Hopefully it works this time. Nope. We're just going to call him back. Um, and this is Andy. This is going to be Andy from the uh, Ricky Dale Harrington. Hey, Andy, are you with us? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about what is going on uh, with, with well, the, uh, everything? In that... Arkansas, the, um, the uh, race has been called for Tom Cotton. He's been reelected. We've got about 40% of the votes in. Um, it's um, still pretty exciting results. Um, right now, we've seen... Uh, with some of the more uh, more counties coming in, we've seen Ricky's numbers jump, and um, it's uh, pretty cool because he's outperforming uh, a lot of the the official polls that we've had. And and so, of course, it's disappointing that you know he's uh, lost, but you know I don't think um, you know we knew that it was an uphill battle. 
Right. And as um, Jason and I were saying earlier on the show, unfortunately, you won't be able to hear Jason because anytime I get a phone call, it kind of mutes him. Um, but as we were saying earlier, these even though we have lost in some of these in these races, we've you know, the Donald Rainwater loss and now unfortunately. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm actually having a little trouble hearing you. You're coming through a little garbled. Oh, well, let me get closer to the mic. Is that better? Let's hear. I think uh, maybe there's a little feedback or something. Uh, huh. I'll I'll uh, make sure everything's quiet in here. I'll turn this all the way up. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Where are we at? Oh no, you're fine. And what we were, what Jason and I were saying earlier is, even though uh, Ricky Harrington might lose at the time we were saying that and um, that uh, Donald Rainwater might lose and uh, Brad Barron in Kentucky and uh, libertarians across and that the uh, Jorgensen Cohen uh, ticket might not reach the 5% that we were all hoping for um, that this fight isn't over and that many of us, and I want to get your opinion on this too, are going to keep the fire are going to keep the fire of liberty burning inside of us and keep fighting to push these ideals, ideals that we know are very important. So that way we can continue to fight, continue to fight for them, continue to push them and continue to make change. Um, and I understand that after a, uh, after an election, you kind of get downtrodden a little bit, but do you, do you think people are still excited about the future since you were able to beat the poll numbers? Oh yeah, I mean, like I'm—I mean, I'm uh, been focused on this particular campaign, and it's so exciting that um, you know we've got a candidate here uh, who's broken the record for the most, or who's looking like he might uh, break the record for most uh, highest percent of vote for a libertarian candidate, and um, and yeah, we're and uh, it. Um, it does carry over. I think one of the best things about this race is that it um, it gives you a a really uh, you know a really solid argument for ending first past the post and getting some electoral reform. You know, if Ricky's uh, pulling over thirty percent of the vote in Arkansas. Uh, you know, it, it's not because uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people converted to libertarianism uh, in right. this election cycle. But it does show you that the way that we pick our candidates on the ballot is flawed, that we've got all these people who are going and voting for someone that they wouldn't normally vote for. Um, and it shows how, you know, the strong need for, uh, you know, a ranked choice voting. I think that's a really strong drive uh, with a lot of libertarian circles, like if we can, if we can move to help change some, do some electoral reform, push some statewide initiatives, uh, then we could, you know, give the party a better chance in future elections. Right. Definitely. And like, there are so many great fighters in the libertarian party. So many what now? Great fighters, great, great yeah. fighters for liberty. Um, and mm -hmm. you and I, we've never spoken before, but I am like, yes. I am certain that you are absolutely one of these people. Um, and 
because of people like Ricky Harrington and you and Jason and Spike Cohen, we have the ability to continue this message and continue to push it. Um, and so even though, you know, Ricky's going to, Ricky's going to beat the, um, Ricky's going to beat what people were polling him at. And that is massive. Like that is absolutely yeah. massive. And it shows that people out there are at least open to the idea uh, of libertarianism and being free and having liberty. And it just allows us, it's us finding the silver lining in elections where it seems like not a lot of good is coming from it. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Um, all things considered, there's a lot to learn. You know, if you, uh, if you don't learn, then, then, then why are we doing it? So I think, um, the Libertarian Party should do, you know, a good uh, post-mortem after this election and, and see what lessons we can glean from it. I think there are a lot of lessons to learn from this particular race. Right. Um, we had an unprecedented opportunity, a one-on-one -on -one candidate um, and against an uh, unpopular senator. Uh, you know, that we had a lot of things that we should have done differently and uh but we had a lot of things working against us. We had such a like late break in the campaign. Right. It was like, you know, we really, the campaign really got off its feet in the last month and a half, two months and, and really took flight in that time. And uh, a Senate race is a huge endeavor. Yeah. You, know, you have to reach everyone in a whole state, even a smaller state like Arkansas. That's a lot of work. That and, we should be considering like what, what, how are we going to mobilize and, and catch lightning in a bottle if this opportunity comes up again? Yeah, absolutely. Now we've got a couple of people asking in the comments, uh, is Ricky, uh, is Ricky Harrington planning on running again? Or like, I know that this is all very fresh. We, and I wouldn't want you to run off to ask him immediately, but do you know if there's plans for him to continue running in the future and capitalize on the name that he's already got out there? I don't know, but okay. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Ricky again. Right. He's such a good candidate. Um, he's and one of the things is that uh, you know he had this late break and he appeared in these debates alone, which a lot of people saw. Not not all of Arkansas by any means, but uh, the people who saw him in the debate were impressed. Right. They said, "Wow, this is a, a, you know a legit candidate," and you know I'm I'm used to disregarding a, a third party candidate, but they see what Ricky up there and they're like, "Wow, this guy's got it going on. He's a really good candidate." So I think he is poised to run again, and you know if he ran again, he'd be at a much higher advantage um, in terms of name recognition and uh, having a little bit of an apparatus. Right. already put together no absolutely absolutely and uh a lot a lot of people liberty you know libertarians people in arkansas people across the country the first time they saw ricky uh was in that debate where it was posted on youtube and it was just him answering the questions and he handled himself he handled himself in exceptionally well and most people don't kind of expect that from libertarians um it shows that not all libertarians are you know basement dwelling uh, basement dwelling Mountain Dew drinkers who play video sure. games, right? Um, yeah. But uh, what I learned from that debate is Ricky Harrington could read me The Shining, and I would still sleep like a baby. Um, absolutely, like it's no question. 
it's very important to be likable. And um, and also, I think Ricky did a really good job, uh, you know, quickly dispelling um, a lot of the more negative and wrong stereotypes about libertarians. And, um, you know, it, it's he, he came out and he's a pragmatist. Uh, you know, I have a, a libertarian view on life, and I think we should protect liberty, and that's the job of the government. But he's not coming out saying there should be no government and uh, that's what people are scared of when they hear, you know, the L word, oh, right. libertarian. They're gonna, they're gonna shut down everything. And and he did a really good job dispelling that, and it made him much more viable and goes so much further in this one. And again, he he did fantastic. Uh, the the entire campaign was fantastic, um, and truly, uh, everybody that's a libertarian who's thinking about running as a libertarian should look at your campaign to kind of learn the proper way to do it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. We've got some, uh, breaking news out of North Carolina. Uh, if you, if you want to call back in later, please feel free to, we're going to be here for uh, at least another hour or two. Um, so feel free to call in, uh, again, if you want to fill us in on anything or just want to voice your opinion. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for calling. Happens, I'll, I'll call in. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. You've got my number. All right. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um, right. as of right now with 90% reporting in North Carolina, Donald Trump just took a 0.6% lead. 0.6% mm. lead. So 90%, he has a minor, minor lead happening in North Carolina, which that could change a lot that's happening. Um, according to what – are, what are you looking at right now? What do you, what do you have on your end? Oh, I've got the same thing. I've got that 0.6 okay. and 90%. All right. Um, but just uh, – I was looking – I was checking my map, making sure that I had, I had Trump on, on for North Carolina. Right. So still smooth sailing. You do. I, I know which ones we have different. So, um, yeah, we, uh, right now. So according to the New York times right now, Florida, Trump is up three, North Carolina. He's up by 0.5 in Texas. He is up by 0.3. Um, Arizona well, well, on Texas. What are you reporting? Uh, da, 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 hang on a second. So I've got him at, at a little over two. Almost three. 50.8 to 47.8. Okay, so I've got 47.9 for, for Biden, 50.8 for Trump. Okay. What, That's 69% reporting. Okay. Uh, what am I looking at on percent reporting here? I just switched to the New York Times just to see what they had. Oh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry about them. I'm on AP. Okay. Um, but... Uh, Go back to that one. You know, uh, in Arizona, Biden up plus nine, which I have Trump winning Arizona. Uh, As do I. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's all right because Michigan, Michigan is pulling through right now. Right. Georgia, but Michigan, Pennsylvania. Up. Wait, hang on a second. Georgia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. It all said Trump on New York Times. Last time I looked in Pennsylvania, okay, on on Fox he's at four. On New York Times he's eight. 
Trump is leading in a lot of states right now that a lot of people didn't, but it's still early again. It is. Still early. Um, a third reporting in Michigan, and he's up by 14. Like, I knew Michigan, I thought Michigan was going to go for Trump, but I thought it was going to be very close. But it's only 33, yeah, with 33%. Yeah. Um, we just got another anchor personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment uh, from my good buddy, Nick Andreessen. Hello, this is Nicholas Andreessen. I'm from Indiana. Uh, you mentioned Donald Rainwater earlier, and I just want to say congratulations to him. He got over 12%, which is phenomenal. Um, yeah. So previously, a governor in Indiana libertarian had not gotten over six percent so he doubled that which is phenomenal um that's great also want to just throw out there i live in vigo county we have the second longest streak in the nation uh new mexico there's somewhere in new mexico has a speed but so we haven't gotten one wrong since 1952 and prior to that we did not get one wrong since 1888 so Wow. Vigo County has a very good track record. Um, but my question was, do you think Joe Jorgensen will beat Gary Johnson's popular vote? That is a really good question. I'm going to I'm going to look up what uh Gary Johnson's popular vote was. Yep. Um Nearly 1.3 million. Hmm? Wait. I got 4.48 million. Yeah, okay. Oh, so, that's the so, two th- that's 2012. That's 12. That's my okay. bad. Yeah, that's my bad. I was like, yeah. that doesn't sound right. Yeah, 4.48 million. Um, will Jorgensen beat it? I say no. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that if we had 3 million votes, I'll be happy. I could, yeah. I could see that. Um, yeah, that, that again, with COVID, with everything that's been happening during this election cycle, everything is different. Uh, I was talking with Spike. I was talking with Spike yesterday, and he was saying that they couldn't hold rallies anywhere. Mm-hmm. So they had to call them protests. And then there were limits on the protests. So if you went there, you saw police there. They weren't there to make sure that our candidate was safe or they weren't there to make sure that our people that were there were safe. They were there to see if we exceeded whatever number we were allowed to have. So that way they could start arresting. That was the reasoning. Um, So you can't be hurt by the results of this election. You can be excited about... You can be the seeds that were planted, right? The seeds that were planted. You can be, you can be excited about those seeds and you know that those seeds will eventually sprout and they're going to grow. And one day you're going to have people, hopefully one day soon, you're going to have people who are willing to vote for the third party candidates. And even if they aren't willing to vote for the third party candidates, hopefully they're willing to vote for people who will fight for the ideals that we are supporting. The ideals that we want to see win. Yep. I mean, it wasn't 
it, it was it's just becoming into the Overton window recently for the discussion of medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. I mean, our discussion on recreational marijuana or discussion on recreational ending the war on drugs. I mean, these are these are things that we should be seeing come to uh, common day discussion points. I mean, we will see these points come up. I mean, I have not seen so many Republicans and Democrats talk about civil asset forfeiture. Um you know, in criminal justice reform, this is a common discussion point now where we, the libertarians, have an opportunity to go, yes, absolutely, I agree with you. We need criminal justice reform. So how do you feel about sentencing reform? How do you feel about mandatory minimum sentencing? How yes. do you feel, you know, how do you feel about bail reform? You know, we, we have this opportunity. And so as these current events come up, we need to take on um, – you know, take, take the initiative that, you know, we, we may not convert people to be full on full fledged libertarians, but what can we give them for them to adopt, to add into their philosophy that may chip away at their philosophy, but in the end, we're just gaining allies on, on singular issues. Yeah. Um, South Carolina was called for Trump recently. And for, and for Graham. And for Graham. And for Graham. Well, if Trump ends up winning this thing, Graham can continue to be ignored. Um, And somebody, (laughs) Meg Jones, in the comments said that somebody saw that Florida was called for Trump, but I am not seeing that on any of the three that I have pulled up. I'm not seeing that on AP either. But he does have a four-point lead, a three-and-a-half-point lead. With 94%. Oh, I've got 94% on New York Times. Yeah. And then 91% three and a half. Yeah, three and That's a half. That's good. I had, I had him for Florida. So, right. so we're, we're trending on the right way. We, we are trending correctly. Um, I got Arizona and Michigan flipped right now. That's, that's my two flips, which would be to my benefit. How so? Because uh, I had him winning Arizona, losing Michigan. Arizona's oh, okay. 11. Michigan 16. Right. I have him winning both of those. Ooh, that's I, minus 11 for you. Mm. So. And I feel like we're playing D&D now. Like right. <laughs> fantasy football stuff right, here. right. Right. Where'd you have Wisconsin? Wisconsin. I had Wisconsin going to Trump. Who'd you have going to Biden? Let's you know what? Let's just take a look. Minnesota. Nope. Nope. I got that one. Uh, got the Minnesota. Minnesota. The... That was the one that we had different. Ooh. That was the one we had different. You thought? You thought? You think Trump's pulling Minnesota? No, I actually meant to reverse Minnesota. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. You mentioned that. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I I meant to have those the opposite way, but I was I was Iowa. doing. How did you have Iowa? Did you have Iowa going to, to Biden? No, I had it going to Trump. Mm. Oh. Oh, but that's only 16% reporting. Yeah. That's 16% yeah, that reporting, but with 16% reporting, Biden is up 61 to 37. Not doing that math in my head. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's 24%. still early. It's still early that we don't know where those votes are coming yeah. from in Montana. 19% reporting. Fourteen percent, right? Mm. I was gonna say, uh, wow. I feel like Montana's gonna go 
red, right? Is it is it a, is is that a close? I didn't even look at that race because I just assumed it's only three electoral votes, so it's not that big of a deal. Right. But it it, it I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Steve Daines over there uh, running for Senate right now. He has he's been in hot water, so uh, we'll see how the Democrat pulls out in that race to see if Democrat wins and if Joe Biden pulls out the state. Right. Um. We'll see. I know Steve Daines. He's been yeah. His his polling numbers haven't been in his favor, and he's the incumbent. I do believe. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I believe that he won in a special election. I think it was a special election um, against right. Matt. I don't remember Matt's last name. I met him um, at an event in Florida. Uh, really nice guy. I liked him. I liked him a lot. Um, I don't know if I would have voted for him, but super nice guy. Um, Two states off right now. Pull up your map for us. Mm. Yep. So we'll see. Yeah, we're going to see. This is, again, nail biter, even in who does better, me or Jason. Um... (laughs) Well, because you got Minnesota, Wisconsin, are we are we gonna are we gonna give the gimme? I think we should give you the gimme on that. You can flip those. No, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I put there because I put it there and then already put it out for the world to see. And I'm All right. and I'm not going to I'm not going to uh claim that uh I meant the other way. I mean I am gonna claim it, but I'm not gonna switch it. I'm yep, not gonna yep. switch it because You're a man of integrity. I am a man you... of integrity. You do not belong in the duopoly. That's for damn sure. Right. Mm. Um, Brett Robertson has an interesting question. Yeah. Who do you two prefer win out of the two parties with a sub question of, does it come down to entertainment factor for the next four years? To the sub- Do I get to pick the Congress? If I can pick the Congress, I would like Joe Biden because I would like to have a Republican-ran Senate. Okay. And the reason for that is because I would like a, a an actual back there in the Senate to stand up against bad policy that would come through, right? That way mm-hmm. no bad bills will make it to Joe Biden. Um, that way we can stand in the way of Medicare for All. We can stand in the way of, of you know, uh, Green New Deal. We can stand in the way of a lot of these these atrocious bills. And then if Joe Biden decides to single-handedly write uh, gun control legislation, then maybe the Senate would actually step up and do something about it. But, you know, if it's Trump in office, if you ever want gun control passed, have a Republican do it, and nobody will do anything. Right. I'm looking at you, uh, you know, pump stocks. I'm looking at you, ARAK pistols. I'm looking at you, uh, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah, the- so, so I the, think that that would the be the honey best ba- like the honey badger recently yep. got the axe, AK and AR pistols recently got the axe, bump stocks, suppressors, uh, high capacity magazines. I think that they recently well, they were discussing it. They were discussing okay. that in the suppressors. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, and it didn't meet any resistance from the NRA, from any Republicans. No. They were like, "Oh, he's got to pass his gun control, otherwise the Democrats will have the gun control." It's like, oh. 
don't steal my guns unless you happen to be a Republican, right. then it's okay. Now, what a lot of people aren't kind of realizing about it is that the one of the largest, if not the largest, gun control legislation was passed by a Republican. It was mm. passed by Ronald Reagan. Yes. Now, a lot of people forget that. When he was the governor of California, one of the largest gun control legislations ever in the state of California was passed by Ronald Reagan. Yep. Now, when you take a look at those, and then you take a look at what Bill Clinton did for, under, as, for uh, not for gun, the gun control Bill Clinton passed, um, and then you take a look at what Obama passed, it's not as bad as what Trump has done and what yeah. Reagan has done by a long shot. Obama had two bills. One of them was allowing for people to carry on national parks. And another was to be able to stow your guns on, on trains. Like, Ooh, so damaging to the second amendment. It's like Trump single-handedly wrote an executive order, changing up what a bump stock was to make a, a firearm accessory illegal to yep. turn law abiding citizens into 10 year felons like that. Yep. And, and it's just like, no, no resistance, none. And the same thing, you're going to see the exact same thing with the AR and the AK pistols. You're going to mm -hmm. see a lot of people who are just going to say, well, I was talking with a friend of mine. I sent him a video about the, uh, about that, about the AR, the AR and the AK uh, pistol ban. And his response to me was, well, I don't own those. Yes. It's a big one. That is a big one that people go with. Yeah. And what you have to remember is this opens the door for more later. Exactly. Now they have precedence. And if you take a look at how they worded that letter, because allegedly it's a fluid, it's not a law because they can't break the um, executive order that Trump signed, but it is a fluid recommendation because they are truly waiting for Joe Biden to take over. Um, and in it, they don't define a lot of terms. They no. don't define the length of a barrel that makes it a long, uh, a long barreled pistol. And I was talking with one of our supporters over on MeWe, and he told me that basically what they have done is you are looking at uh, regular handguns are they're still okay, but because they don't because they don't define what a long barrel pistol is, you don't know how long that's going to be. And any gun that is thirty six inches and over is okay as long as it isn't automatic. That is what this is essentially doing. So when you sit there and you say things like, well, that doesn't matter because I don't own one of those. You are giving away rights for the future. Yes. Yes. You're giving grounds when ground was never meant to be given. And, and the, those people who say, well, I don't own those. The other, the other, my favorite excuse was, well, they're dumb anyways. Like who wants a dumb piece of plastic? It's I like, heard that so for bump stocks so much. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, so bump stocks are dumb. So why do you need to ban them? Right. Right. Like if they're dumb and ineffective, like, and, and I would never use one. I would never use one because they are dumb. 
because it jams up your firearm a hell of a lot quicker. You could do the same thing by using, you know, your belt loop and putting your finger into it. Right. I mean, you can, you could replicate these things so easily. I don't need a bump stock. I would rather shoot more accurately by shooting semi-automatic than I would going into fully automatic. So yes, they're dumb, which is why they don't need to be banned. I would rather if somebody was to shoot up a place that they would go fully automatic, drain more of their magazines in a quicker fashion, uh, have a higher probability of jamming it so lives can be saved rather than going, oh, you know, right. it's dumb. Let's give the let's give the authorities more power. Right. Um, so with 33 percent reporting, Donald Trump has taken the lead in Pennsylvania. Oh. <sighs> 33% though. So lot, you know, lots of game left in Pennsylvania. And again, like we said, a lot of the votes won't be counted until Friday. Mm-hmm. So take it with whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever grain of whatever spice you want. Um, you are going to be looking right now. He's up 52.4 to 44.8. Um, with Jorgensen, 2.74. Um, nice. Uh, in North Carolina, ninety-one percent reporting, point eight percent lead for Donald Trump. That's only forty thousand votes. Yep, and Florida is still allegedly too close to call, with still ninety-one percent reporting. It feels mm. like nothing here has changed at all in Florida in like an hour. But this is exactly what happened back in 18 when um, yeah. DeSantis was running against, oh, God, the crack-smoking guy from Tallahassee. Yeah, what's his name? I can't remember his name right now. Um, I can see the memes, though. Yeah, I can, I can see the memes, and I know that he passed out naked on the floor with a prostitute, a male prostitute. Yeah. And I don't care about any of that. Don't care about any of it, but if yeah, you're gonna. I was just mad that it became like huge news. I was like, well, whatever, you want to have gay butt sex? That's cool. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Um, the only thing I'm mad about is he would not have uh, let people out of prison who were caught doing the exact same thing that he was doing. Yeah. Um, so but, I mean, that's a typical typical role of an oligarch, or even a wannabe oligarch. Rules for thee, but not for me. Oh, you're right, Brett. I did. I did juke the question. You are correct. I did. Um, yes, it does come down to entertainment factor for the next four years. Absolutely. And who am I rooting for? Honestly, because I don't believe Joe Biden will be in office for a year. I would root for Trump to win over Biden because I cannot imagine Kamala Harris as president. Yep. I absolutely cannot. And Trump will be much more entertaining than Kamala Harris ever will. True statement. No, it's, it's, it's a fair argument. Right. If I can't choose the Congress, I'm right there with you. Right. Now, if I can choose the Congress, I would make it just gridlocked. So it wouldn't matter. Whoever wins, it doesn't matter if I can choose the Congress, and then I would just make it gridlock so nothing would pass. Yeah. And I would give them like a, a, a almost like a, a veto majority, like in, in the Senate. That way, you know, you won't get any of your justices through. You won't get any of your judges through. You won't get any of your anything through. Right. Just yes. Lock it all up. 
Yeah, get just shut down the government for the next four years, and then just keep it shut down. Just pull. What was it? It was Italy. Italy shut down their government for like a, a decade. Uh, Spain almost. was it? Spain wasn't Spain. it? Spain. Spain. Yeah, I knew it was one of those. One of those across the pond from right. us. I haven't cared about what's going on across the pond since 1776. All right. Let's, let's. Um, uh, yeah, we've got, I'm going to lose that Minnesota, Wisconsin thing. And that's going to make me so upset. Um, <laughs> Minnesota uh, with 41% in Biden has, he's got a lead. 23. Yeah. He's got a 23% lead. And in Wisconsin, Trump has a three, we'll call that a three, a three percent lead um, in Wisconsin with 46 percent reporting. Uh, Again, all of these numbers have massive ability to change. Um, Again, anybody, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have anything at all, please anchor.fm slash muddied waters and hit the message button. Also, share it with your friends so they can all follow us. And if you are interested, and I'm not saying that you have to this is not a mandate because we don't mandate anything. I should buy something while we're doing this. You should. Um, hit the donate button where you can leave us money monthly so we can continue to bring you the high quality entertainment that you have grown accustomed to. Um, we also, I believe that we have Jason coming back to do his regular show soon. Yes, sir. Sweet. Um, so we will be bringing you even more high-quality entertainment um, that we are more than happy to do because it's what we do for fun. Um, so if you want to donate so we can continue to do that with as much ease as possible, we will thank you a lot. Um, Every time. And you can also go to muddiedwatersmedia.com, hit the store button, and uh, you can search our store. And there's lots of spike gear. There's lots of muddied waters gear. There's writer's block gear. Um, so take a look around, see what you can find, and uh, purchase stuff. Um, yeah, there is a spiffy, Meg Jones, there is a spiffy pair of underwear that you can purchase, um, which Nicholas Andreasen unfortunately sent me a picture of him wearing and there is also a... you said unfortunately i think that that might be put that up as as like the advertisement for him. you know he sent me a tiktok video <laughs> which if i can figure out how to put that tiktok video up right uh, now oh man i will i will show that well while matt is looking that up in ohio we've got 84 percent reporting and Trump has got a 6% lead. So it's looking like, um, I think both of us had Ohio going towards Trump. Yeah. Um, that's looking like a, a decent pick there. Uh, they have not confirmed that one yet. Uh, Pennsylvania stole sitting just over a third, third of the way reported. Uh, Trump is leading by 8% there. Uh, 92% North Carolina was still with a 1% lead for Donald Trump. Um, so hopefully that's going to fall through and we're going to see that win there uh, down there in the state of Florida, 91% reporting. We're still seeing about a 4%, a three and a half percent lead by Donald Trump. Um, Brett Robertson. So, yes, that is Sarah as the muddied water mask model. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That is super fan. Sarah Anderegg is the muddied waters mask model in uh, the good old state of Georgia. 
Uh, we're still sitting at a 12% lead with 60% reporting. So Trump's got a good handle there. Handle also. That was funny. That was the special race. <laughs> oh, wow. In Maine. Oh, no, it's okay. It's only 17%. 17 reporting in Maine. Uh, Trump has got a almost a six-point lead. So it's five and a half half percent lead but 17 percent reporting so just under under a fifth there um in arizona we're at 73 percent. how is arizona reporting more than maine like what is going on over there in maine are they like sending this through snail mail yes. um in arizona 73 percent reporting joe biden has an eight point lead there eight and a half point lead so that's got uh both of us wrong um Montana is still 22%, so no real change there. So we're sitting at 11% lead for Joe Biden. Uh, da, 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 da. Window capture. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. He's found it. You found the way. I did. I found the way. Um, I got to try to find everything that I'm looking for here. Oh, there it is. Oh jeez, you see? Oh, you see it, don't you? Um, oh, I, everybody sees it. Yes, everybody sees it. Yeah. So I'm gonna turn on the sound for that. I, don't, I want the sound for that. That was for all of you. Um, I, I apologize greatly. Uh, and profusely. Yeah, I apologize greatly and profusely for making you watch that, but I had to watch it when he sent it to me, so all of you get to watch that with me. Uh, uh, you guys come for the election results and stay for the spike underwear TikTok video. Meg Jones, whelp. Um, something was just called Utah. Utah was just called for Trump. Trump. Yep, that makes sense. 64%. Yep. Trump's got a 15-point lead. Yeah. Utah was just called for Trump. Right now, the uh, Electoral College is sitting at 129 to 115. I've got a 131 to 108 on an AP. Oh. For the Joe Biden. For the for the Bidens, the Joe. Now, again, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida, and Texas are still all up in the air, but all of them are leaning Trump. Yeah. Every one of them is leaning Trump. I got to turn you back up because that music was really loud. Um, <laughs> mm. That Arizona is bothering me more than it should. Arizona... Is bothering me. Seventy three percent in. Fifty three to forty five. Could call that yeah. fifty four to forty five. That is bothering me as well more than it should. 
I just don't like being wrong. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it's just all about pride right now. And yeah. I mean, you've already got like two states down, which which sucks to be you. Right. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that like I was wrong on Michigan. Um, that makes up for it. Right now. Georgia with 61% reporting. Trump is looking 55 to 43. Yeah, he's get that. He should, yeah, he should get that. Iowa, Biden still has a 15-ish point lead with 46% reporting. I'm going to lose that one, too. Um, Michigan, only 39 in. He is up by, Trump is up by 12. Minnesota, we're skipping that one. Just going to skip that with 42% reporting. Uh, Biden is up by enough that I can confidently say I have lost that one. Uh, North Carolina with 92% reporting. I could do this. With 92% reporting uh, in North Carolina. Here, let me move you over some so people can see that. Um. There it is. That working? See, look at look at this high tech stuff you guys are getting. Only here on Mighty Waters. Oh uh, no, you'd have to move that over somehow, because wow. of how I've got the cropping done. Ah, all right. I'm gonna give up on this. Yeah. All right. Look at this high tech stuff. High, t- that we high tech have stuff used. that we don't know how to work. Um, yes. This is why we need more money so we can hire people to do it for us. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, in North Carolina, Trump is up by over a percentage point with 92% in. And I don't know how many of those 8% are going to be absentee or mail Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how North Carolina did theirs. Um, like with Florida, I know all absentee had to be in. I think on Friday or all mail in had to be done on Friday and the earliest day or the last day for early voting was on Sunday. So that way they'd be able to have all of it kind of wrapped up. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. North Carolina is going to be I just, Oh, 92%. Trump just got a bump. Did he? He's at 50%. Yep. He's 48, eight for Biden. Still too close to call, obviously. Um, I almost feel good enough to call it. Yeah. I almost no, feel, I'm, I'm right there with it. I because I, I, I feel enough. like I feel like what we saw with uh I mean, even in twenty sixteen, we saw where the media was hesitant to give it to Trump, but they were they were kind of a little more lenient to give it to Hillary. And I think even um Pennsylvania was a good example of that because they straight up gave that to Hillary. Yes. Without I was even, trying to remember what states that was. Right. Yeah, I think it was Hillary. Or the Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. They, they gave Pennsylvania to Hillary early, like 8.30. The and then they had it. to rescind that back at like 11 yeah. or something. Right. So they aren't going to be giving this away anytime soon. And with 39, 39% in uh, Pennsylvania isn't a lot. It's not a lot no. of Pennsylvania especially with the vast amount of mail-in ballots that they have that they couldn't start counting until today. Yep. Um, so 
you are looking at a very long. You're not gonna. That, that's not gonna get called tonight. But with him being up eleven, eleven, he's got There's a good. There's a lot of ground that he's got to get made up. Right, a lot of ground has to be made up, and a lot of people. We've everybody has been joking a lot recently about the impending civil war that's going to happen once uh, this election's over. Speaking of, that's a good time to queue up that post from earlier. <laughs> if I had it, I would definitely queue that up. Um, the one that we posted, I'll just read yes. it. Yeah. I'll just read it. Um, <laughs> that was a great, that was a great post. Um, in lieu of the upcoming civil war, I think we should lay some ground rules. Uniforms, Dems equal blue, Republicans equal red, and re- Libertarians equal gold. Also, we will accept yellow because why not? Um, you can also wear black. Sure, sure. We'll love black. Whatever you are registered as to keep it, uh, whatever you are registered as to keep it legal-ish. Uh, place anywhere really, Oceans, Canada, and Mexico are out of bounds. Uh, weapons, and this is where it's going to get fun, you're only allowed to use what your president deems legal. Biden, black powder guns and shotguns holding no more than four shells, which I thought it was three, but no more than four shells. Trump, nothing automatic, no bump stocks, limited magazines, no AR or AK-style pistols. Jorgensen, well, good luck, everyone. (laughs) Good luck to everyone else. Yep. Now, yep. I honestly don't see this devolving into civil war. Mainly because libertarians exist and we have massive, massive, uh, massive uh, weaponry. But this is not going to devolve into civil war. No. This is going to devolve into massive court battles and a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming. Oh my word. A lot of screaming. So don't worry about whether or not this is going to become the next civil war because it's not. This is actually going to become very similar to 2000 but with a lot more emotion behind it. And you're going to see a lot more TikToks out there, not like the one I just showed you, but other ones where you are going to have them screaming and yelling and fighting. That is going to be the issue that you're going to be looking at more. There is going to be, it's going to be much more divisive. You're going to have a lot of people on either side of the aisle who have specific hate for the other party, as opposed to hate for the people who are in charge, who are creating this mess, who have been creating this mess that we are now living in for the last 50, 60, 70, 80, 150 years. The issue isn't with the other voters. They're being fed the same lies that you're being fed just from a different perspective. Yep. They're being told there's only two options and that if you don't vote for this option, you're going to get that option. And that option is Stalin or that option is Hitler or that option is anybody else. It's terrible. So that's not what's going to happen uh, with this election. We aren't going to end up in a civil war. We are going to end up, we are going to end up with massive court battles, massive legal issues, um, and we're going to end up with a lot of problems 
because of that going forward. And Hello. What's going on, Spike Cohen? How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. How's the show going? The show is going well. Um, the show is going well. We were just talking about Civil War. The Civil War. That's that's the Civil War or a or Civil War in general. The 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 impending Civil War. The impending Civil War. Is that what it's looking like? Well, I'm looking out. I'm on the top floor of a uh, of a, a tower in the middle of Dallas, and I'm looking down at the streets. And so far, it's looking pretty pretty good. I'm not seeing Civil War yet. Well, but are you hearing different things? Well, no. We we were saying that it wasn't going to end in Civil War. This was instead going to make the country more divided, uh, and there's going to be a lot of legal battles that we are all going to have to sit through and watch. Ah. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, but if civil war does happen, you get the weapons that your candidate supports. Hold on. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't hear. I can't hear anything. I'm sure that you said something very impactful and intelligent there. And I incredibly like thoughtful and, uh, groundbreaking. It was, Um, how, how is the mood in Dallas today? Did I lose the vice presidential nominee? The guy that sits on the right? It's, it's me. Oh, there you I'm are. Spike Cohen. I'm here. I'm back. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's hard to find uh, an area here that has any kind of... Uh, you know what? I'm going to call you back in three minutes. Let me go up to the room because I got to grab something from there anyway, and I'll, I'll sure. call you then. Sounds good. All right. I'll call you in like three minutes. All, All right, right. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen... The Libertarian Party vice presidential nominee, Spike Cohen. Um, yeah, no, and 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 that's it. I, I completely agree with like the idea that we're not going to go to an actual civil war, um, but we are going to become more divided, and as you said, more people are going to get more driven into that tribalism, and you know what we see right now oftentimes is you'll see some small quote unquote success stories of somebody who was a Democrat, who's like, you know, they just keep getting indoctrinated and, and accept all the uh, propaganda of like Republicans are just like these racist people. And so they're like, go and infiltrate the Republican party. And they're like trying to learn about them. And then they're like, Oh, these aren't that bad of people. And then they're like, they, they become like a success story for the Republicans. They put them on, they put them on a pedestal and talk about it and, you know, vice versa. Um, because what we've done is we've dehumanized the other side, right? The other side is just monsters, right? You see Republicans call them demon rats or um, democrats, de- demon craps and all those other right. crappy names, like just terrible. Um, it's because we've, we've lost the ability to realize that these are people on the other side and that we just need to to help find uh, better solution. Um, um, sorry, I was getting a call um, at the same time. Um, that we we need to realize that we can't just let them win and them being the oligarchs, that we actually have to come together and we actually have to have these conversations. And this is how we, we of course, bring in the, the libertarian winning points and, and change up the war on drugs and everything else but but yeah so we will not go to an actual full out all out civil war because frankly our our nation has become soft right yes 100 percent. our nation has become soft um 
Right now, uh, quick updates on some Senate races across the country. Um, ones people have been watching. Uh, da, 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 da. In Alabama, Tommy Tuberville is up by uh, 30, but they still haven't called it for him with 66% reporting. Um, with Arizona, Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly is beating Martha McSally by 11 points. Um, I can hear you now. Okay, good. Uh, in Colorado, John Hickenlooper, as we already reported. In Georgia, David Perdue is up with 61% reporting, 55 to 42. Um, in Iowa, in Iowa, da, 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 Teresa Greenfield is beating the incumbent Joni Ernst, 54 to 42, with 51% reporting. And Susan Collins still has the lead in Maine with 23% reporting, so I am still saying she's going to lose that race. Spike, how is everything in Dallas? I am doing, we are doing great. I actually had to break away from the party because, as you heard earlier, it was so loud that I couldn't hear anything, including myself. So I came up here. I had to grab something from the room anyway, so then I'll be going back down. So I figured I'd do one last call in and, uh, and uh, tell you guys I'm very proud of everything you guys are doing. Oh, well, that just warms my heart because we also have been saying how proud we are of you for everything that you have been doing. And honestly, uh, you have been able to light a fire under so many people who are becoming libertarian or just discovering libertarianism and what you're able to do with your messaging has been inspiring to so many people. Well, that means a lot to me and I appreciate it, man. You know, we are looking at the uh, we're looking at the results of this election so far, and uh, you know, there's still many, many more votes to be count. Um, but obviously, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed with the with the numbers. We did just cross over a, a million votes, um, but it, it does look like we're you know, I, again, there there could be a major change, but it looks like we're we're going to fall short of the, the numbers from 2016. And uh, you know, it's it is easy to uh, try to blame that on external forces. I mean, it certainly is true that this was a, a year that the media uh, just decided that they were going to frame it as two people running for office and that there was essentially no one else running. Um, yeah. And, it, and it, it is true that, uh, you know, that they, they created that environment. But uh, certainly uh, there is plenty of uh, I, I will be happy to accept whatever blame I have in, in, you know, falling short of what we wanted to do, which ultimately was either victory or at least uh, securing, you know, future ballot access for future races. So um, I am sorry for that. And uh, I, uh, I can only say that uh, I did try as good as, as well as I can. And, uh, uh, you know, and we all learn lessons moving forward from it. I don't think that anybody out there, Anybody listening to this show or anybody out there who's been paying attention to the libertarian race at all would blame you for that at all. I think many of them would blame the media. Many of them would blame uh, the duopoly and they would blame a lot of other a lot of other forces as opposed to us being able to message it being the pandemic year uh, and not being able to hold proper rallies, not being able to really go door to door in a lot of places, not being able to spread the message as effectively. You can't really shoulder a lot of that blame on yourself um, because your messaging was, as people have said on, on the internets, uh, 
your messaging was on par with Ron Paul, if not better. And you were able to express things that nobody else has been able to express to the common voter in the way that you have ever before. Well, that means a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I will say this. I have been honored to work with so many incredibly dedicated activists across the country. I, I met someone today who is, her name is Tori, and she has sent 100, she has, no, she hasn't sent 100,000 text messages. She has texted 100,000 people and had conversations with tens of thousands of people um, and, uh, and, and got many of them over to our side. Uh, I met someone else or spoke to someone else online um, named Jay, who, uh, Jay Kirkland, who uh, is a, uh, he is 18, and he sent out over 20,000 text messages in between schoolwork. Uh, and uh, he was able to reach our VIP status by getting the, the 20,000 uh, people that he texted out. And uh, just talking to people across this country that have been so uh, impactful in, in ways large and small, uh, people that have brought their entire families over to libertarianism and their entire social circles to libertarianism. So, you know, I, I, I have to say, I think, you know, the gains that we've had, we can we can place on the on the 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 on the shoulders of those who have really done the grassroots work. And, and to whatever extent I've been able to help with that, I am happy that I was able to do so. And, um, you know, I, I think that the party uh, moving forward uh, will be able to learn a, a lot of lessons uh, in terms of how to continue spreading the message. Here's what I do want to say. For the long term, we have won. And here's why I say that. The number of registered libertarians uh, has gone up, uh, I believe, 15% this year, 7% just since March. There are more registered libertarians uh, than there have ever been before. And this is at a time when uh, there are actually fewer states that are enrolling people as libertarians and more and more that are enrolling them as independents. So, we have every reason to believe that there are more libertarians today than there ever were uh, before. And in terms of party membership, uh, party membership this year alone has gone up by 29%, and it is the highest number of libertarians that we have ever had um, in any election cycle uh, or any or any year ever. Um, so those are good things moving forward. Uh, and to whatever extent I can be uh, helpful and impactful in, in, in continuing that grassroots movement, to uh, to spread the message, I, I am happy to do so. Um, and again, I to whatever uh, to whatever blame I can accept as to not being able to, uh, you know, get us the the votes that we wanted, I will I will happily accept it. Uh, and uh, I will certainly be we will be looking at what could have been done differently moving forward for future elections and for future candidates, but. I just want to say to you, because I, I do have to go, but I just want to say to you, Matt, you are like a brother, and you are possibly as much as any other person responsible for why I am here right now. Um, you were the one who first asked me to begin doing podcasting at a time when I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Um, you were the one that encouraged me to do that. You were the one who... Uh, you know, asked me to, uh, you know, take on a role as co-host of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. You were the one who, you know, was encouraging me to uh, do things with South Carolina Libertarian Party. And, and you have been a great encourager during all of that. And of course, I mean, there, you know, my wife, uh, Tasha, and, and many other people have also been very, very a big part of that. But you have, uh, 
you know, I love you, man. And you are a, a huge part of why I'm here and a huge part of, uh, of where Muddy Waters is going to go going, moving forward. And I'm just, uh, I'm honored to be your friend and your, and your partner in this. And I thank you. And honestly, thank you. If I had the Joe Biden O thing that you have on your computer, I would have hit it like nine times during that. Okay. Well, thank you. Right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, right. I'm going to go back down and, uh, hang out with these folks that have, uh, so generously donated to be able to celebrate with us and, absolutely uh, go go be be there uh and thank you for all that you said i love you too you you are a you are a great friend and a brother to me you are one of the closest things i've had to a brother my entire life since i don't have any biologically um and every day that we get to do this together is truly a gift absolutely and that's i feel the same way man and give my love to jason and i will talk to you soon and thank you all for tuning in to the muddy waters of freedom and uh, we aren't going anywhere, folks. So stay tuned. But where Thank we are going, there are no roads. Where we're going, there are no roads. There are no Thank roads. You. All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Um, and, and it's done. <laughs> um, so um, real quick, I just wanted to show this because I put it in here to kind of fill like blank spots and I haven't shown it once. So we are going to show that right now. Now lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. I couldn't hear. Yeah, you couldn't hear that because I don't think that I did what I was supposed to on that. No, it says that I did. Okay, good. Huh. Well, everybody else heard it. Um, <laughs> I may have. We did have some updates during the that that uh, very sentimental call, which uh, was very. It was beautiful. Um, so Idaho has been declared for, for President Trump with 1% reporting. Um, Washington, Oregon, and California have been uh, declared uh, winner for Joe Biden with 0% reporting across all three. Right. Oh, no, sorry. 55% in Oregon. Whatever they're smoking over there, they got 55% in reported like that. Uh, so I'm proud of them. Um but those that have been declared for Trump or for, for, Biden. for Biden. So Biden right now, in accordance with uh, Associated Press, has got 209. Donald Trump has 112. Uh, Nevada has no results at all yet. They're, they're all still busy gambling over there in Las Vegas. Um, so we'll have to wait and see when they decide that they're going to they're gonna start sharing their news. Um, Texas is at 73% reporting and Trump still has about a 4% lead there in Pennsylvania. We're at 45%, uh, with Trump still sitting about 12%, uh, leading there with 94%. So a 2% change in reporting since last time we talked about North Carolina, Trump still has uh, a little more than a percent. It's about a percent and a half now. Um, lead there in North Carolina. They still haven't declared that one. Uh, Florida with 97% reporting. He's got almost, uh, or he's got about three and a half percent lead. Um, so was, Trump is still, still winning there. Fox News has called it for Trump in Florida. Good. As of just now, 97% reporting with a three and a half percent lead. They've called it for Trump, giving it to him, which that gives on Fox News anyway, the election breakdown two hundred seven to one forty eight. Wow. Now again, North Carolina hasn't been called. Georgia hasn't been called. And going off Fox News because I have them up right now. 
Um, Donald Trump has a 10% lead in Georgia with 65% reporting. In North Carolina, Donald Trump has a 1.3 with 94% reporting. So like we said earlier, most of this is coming down to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And this isn't going to be decided tonight. This is going to be decided much later. It's going to be decided later in this week. Um, I just got a text message from a good friend, Casey Neth, um, about the when everybody will be deciding. Um, like Alabama, mail-in uh, ballots have to be uh, postmark ballots can't arrive late in Alaska. Postmark ballots can arrive late, but by November 13th. Wow. And they aren't counting mail ballots until November 10th. Uh, they aren't counting postmark ballots can't arrive late in Arizona In Arkansas. They can't in California though that it doesn't matter. Um, in, in Colorado, they can't arrive late in Connecticut, they can't arrive late. In Delaware, they can't arrive late. In D.C., by November 13th. They have to be in by November 13th, which is in 10 days. Yeah. 10 days. Um, in Florida, they can't arrive late, which is why I think you had to have them in by Friday. Georgia, they can't arrive late. Hawaii, no. Uh, Idaho, no. Illinois, yes, by November 17th. When was that? November 17th in Illinois is when mail-in ballots. They've already called it for Biden. Right. I mean, they called that for Biden before we started the show, I think. Um, In Indiana, no. In Iowa, yes, by November 9th. That one's leaning towards Biden. so. So next Monday. Uh, in Kansas, yes, by November 6th. So they have it like uh, Philadelphia or sorry, Pennsylvania, where you have to have it in by the end of today. Postmark today, probably. Kentucky by November 6th. Uh, Louisiana, no. Maine, no. Maryland by November 13th. Massachusetts by November 6th. And they didn't start counting ballots until after 5 p.m. today. Wow. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Officials will start counting counting ballots arriving after 5 p.m. on November 3rd on November 6th. So if they're arriving today after 5 o'clock, they won't count them until November 6th. Uh, Michigan, they can't arrive late. Minnesota, they have to be in by November 10th. Mississippi, by November 10th. Missouri, no. Montana, no. Nebraska, no. Nevada by November 10th. New Hampshire, no. Jersey by November 10th. There, a lot of places are saying no, and then a lot of people seem to have picked arbitrary dates. Uh, arbitrary dates. Now, interesting fact, no Republican has ever won the presidency without winning Florida. Really? Yeah. Now... Oh. Trump has just been called for Florida, according to Fox News. And many other people, they're just refusing to do it if he's got a three-point lead with 97% counted. Um, Yeah, he's now got 98% or 98% reporting with a 3% lead. Right. It's still, just call it. Right. 
Call it AP. You may as well call it at this point. Um, Trump also has leads in Montana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, and Texas, um, with which will put him over. That'll put him over. That will put him over. Um, if he gets half of those, I think he goes over. Um, yeah, if he gets Texas, if he gets Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, he's won. Now with Nebraska, which I don't think is going to be Nebraska, on, he's already won. Did he win all of it? No. I was going to say, did Joe Biden take part of it? Yeah, potentially. I don't know how. Oh, reporting 53% in. I don't even know how to look for this right now. Um, yeah. I don't know how to. Discern. I don't know how to look up their mixed allocation. Right. So. So. Uh, Probability meter on Fox again. That's just because that was the website I was on when we started talking about this. Ninety-five percent going red, and for the Senate, it looks like it's going to go red as well. Um, Hmm. Yeah. So, so there's one. So on the Fox News tracker, it's got it. Um, Two going to Trump and one going to to Biden. Right. Did they call it that way, or is that just kind of what they're? That's just what they're showing. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't know how to look at that. Um, again, this election, not going to be over today. Um, presidential. We're at 1.27% for Joe Jorgensen right now, overall. But as. Oh. Oh, never mind. That was Arizona overall. So we have, um, obviously, we've got a, a, there's so much more that's going to be happening over the next couple of hours. Um, yep. How late do you want to do this? Yes. Okay. I'm not sure what that meant. I don't either. I've got bourbon, so. Fair. Um, According to our good friend Jacob LaBelle out of uh, Minnesota, he says, it sounds like the Civil War is starting in Minneapolis. Sirens going off. Big commotion. Um, If you're in that area, please be safe. Yeah. Which is interesting because Minnesota is going for Biden. Are they upset about that? Or are they just upset about the, the general uh, feel that you know Trump is, is leaning towards winning some of the, the important states? I say important states. The important states for this race, not that any state is any more or less important. Except for you, Wyoming, you don't exist. Right, Wyoming's not real. Yeah. Wyoming and Australia, not real. Exactly. So, other than that, all of you states matter. Oh, yeah. All, all states, states matter. matter. Yeah. Georgia is still sitting at 67% reporting. 
um, with Trump holding a 10-point lead. And that, mm. I don't know how they're still at 67% because they've been there for a minute. Um, yeah. Arizona it is looking like Joe Biden is going to walk away with that with his eight and a half point lead with 73% reporting. Uh, that's a lot of ground to make up. Yeah. I uh, think that for, I mean, Biden has to hope that this map changes colors. Um, I mean, the, where Trump is leading right now, if he doesn't win out, if he doesn't have some differences, if more metro areas are, are left to be to be read, this goes towards Trump. So let's just do some quick math here. And I apologize to everybody that I have to do this on my phone. Um, this is 38 plus 10 plus 16 plus 18 plus 15 plus 16. So if Trump wins everything except for Pennsylvania, he's at 264. Wow. He is at 264 if he gets everything but Pennsylvania. Um, oh, I forgot about Alaska. 267. Mm. It'll be so two, he's still shy of that 270. He will be shy of 271. Um, in Nevada, I think I'm, I would almost be willing to say that Biden is going to win that easily. But 0% are reporting right now. Um, again, this is going to be a long night. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Um, unfortunately, because it's going to be a long night and because we don't know, we aren't going to have an actual result as if Trump wins everything except for Pennsylvania, because we're not going to know the results of that tonight. And I don't think we're going to know the results of Wisconsin or Michigan. This may be something that we should pick up at a later date. Um, Everybody continue to continue to watch the election results, continue to see what's happening out there. Um, thank you guys absolutely for tuning in. Um, Jason, do you have anything that you want to say before I start doing the whole closing thing? No, I mean, it was just, it, it's, it's always fun to, to see the maps unfold. Uh, you know, we had our predictions out there and I'd say for the most part, they're pretty solid uh, except for Wisconsin and Minnesota. But um, <laughs> apart from that, I mean, regardless of the outcomes of these elections and we're already seeing, you know, the states are in turning gold for us. We have to keep our, our, our nose to the grindstone. Um, tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a day that we can continue to spread liberty. Um, as people become more divided, we have opportunities to, to change hearts and minds. And let's keep on keeping on with that. And, um, you know, thank you guys all for, for tuning in tonight and, and for tuning in any night. I'm looking forward to getting back on these mics more often. Uh, now that I've had some new availability, I will be having a back surgery coming up on the 20th. So I'll have a, a slight lapse there. But uh, as soon as I'm able, I'm able to sit back upright and, and hit back on the microphone, we'll be uh, pumping out good content. And everybody that's out there, again, don't be disheartened by these results. We, I know everybody out there was expecting 5%. They wanted 5%. They could feel it. And we did, we're not going to get it. Now, again, don't be disheartened. You have to figure out whatever it is, whatever it is that will stoke the fire of liberty within you, that will make you continue to want to fight for everything in the future. 
make sure that you continue to do that. Um, as Kelly England just said, spread liberty. Um, as many of you may have noticed, I am sitting in a different place than I normally sit. And uh, to that, I have to thank our good friends over at uh, Time Code Productions. Uh, good friends of mine, they're here in Gulfport, Florida, um, which is where I was living up until about a week ago. Um, they are awesome, awesome dudes. Uh, and we should have connected with them a lot sooner because they do a lot of really great work with graphics and, uh, or sorry, with, uh, video and, uh, video production and sound production. Um, if anybody out there, uh, has any video need, please feel free to reach out to Timecode Productions, uh, timecodeproduction.com. Um, and check out some of the stuff that they've done. They've done some amazing short films. Some of them I have written. Uh, I don't know if those are on their website though. Um, those, and, uh, they do absolutely amazing, amazing work. And I thank them for allowing me to use their space, um, to do this for who knows how long. Um, and no matter what, these guys can definitely help you, uh, to everybody else. Remember, Go over to anchor dot this one anchor fm slash muddied waters hit the follow button hit the share button hit the message button if you want us to play your uh, messages live on the air and if you are so inclined hit the donate button so you can be sure to continue to get quality entertainment like this show continually broadcast to you uh, if you want to you can also head over to uh, muddiedwatersmedia.com where you can visit the store and you can find this and every other episode of Muddied Waters of Freedom as well as everything ever made by Muddied Waters Media and man I guess you're going to have to close it out um, and to everybody out there uh, keep your heads up about this again keep your heads up it's very important and where we're going we don't need roads <laughs> <laughs>